This historic episode of Video Game Apocalypse is brought to you by GameFly. That's right, and you listeners can go to GameFlyOffer.com slash LazerTime and get started with a free 30-day trial. And welcome, welcome, welcome to our final show of 2017. No. You're listening to Video Game Apocalypse. This is your host, Michael Raparez, for episode 245, our Games of the Year show. Ah! <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that came from oh. Diddy. It's an app you can download on your phone. Oh, <laughs> lovely. The Muppets are going to sue somebody. Uh, oh. It's it's obviously been a terrible year for everything except video games. No, for video except- games, it's been amazing. Mm-hmm. We we have a game. We have a year end review in, on Laser Time as well. You know, Me? we should we should introduce ourselves. That's oh, you my should bad. introduce yourself, uh, Billy Goaty Gruff uh, <laughs> <laughs> Santista. Sorry, that was. Uh, Top t- Times Man of the Year, Dave Rudden, but then they wanted to take a picture of me, and, and I, I said, said no. no. <laughs> and first special guest in a cavalcade of special uh. guests, Super Mario Odyssey Plus Rabbids, Henry Gilbert. Hi. It's been the worst year it, since I've been an adult, I think, in terms of like everything happening around me, and except when we looked at all of our media. Television, movies, and games have never been better, mm. in my opinion, than The escapes have been awesome. Escapes yeah. have been awesome and never more necessary. Maybe mm-hmm. that's it. I have no idea. That we need it. Well, we're still getting things produced in the Obama administration. I wonder, <laughs> oh, no, no. I wonder oh, how dark... Billboards is an Obama movie! I, I just wonder how dark things are going to get once truly thing, things have been oh. made for this current mm. administration. I love the disaster artist. And I Let just... me get political right now on this episode. <laughs> so... Uh, we, we are going to go with a slightly different format. If you have listened to our previous Game of the Year shows, you have an idea of what to expect. Mm-hmm. We will have a rotating cast of stars coming in to talk about each of these 10 games that we are nominating as the best of 2017. These are based purely on subjective personal preference and based on what we've played. Bear in mind, we are no longer professional games journalologists hey, anymore. Speak for yourself. So the scope of what we have sampled is a little limited. So if you're like, well, you forgot about this game. I'm sorry. Yes, Play that's just all there is to it. We <laughs> did. We literally we did. did. We forgot Playing about it. every game is not my job anymore. <laughs> so I'm not going to do it. Like, I feel bad for... Uh, Bob Mackey included, he's like, Danganronpa 3 should be on every list, but nobody fucking played it who votes on these things. Yeah, so too bad. Neither did I. Yeah. I bought it uh, on Black I Friday. I haven't finished the first one. It's quite charming. Uh, it's, I was it's, taken with it every time I've been on a plane. <laughs> Dongan's <laughs> the greatest, but anywho. But these, are, these are always my favorite episodes to do. They require... Probably too much preparation mm-hmm. and uh, and wrangling of all use. Uh, mm-hmm. We all had I to vote uh, on on a bunch of different things, mm-hmm. and what came together on this list is what you all voted on, including mm-hmm. me. Uh, so let's just jump right in right after this. 
Thank you, fine folks, for listening. Hope you're not too bored. You know what the perfect solution is for being bored and always has been? Goddamn video games. <laughs> That's why this episode is brought to you by Gamefly. And just so you know, you listeners can go to GameflyOffer.com slash LazerTime and get started with a free 30-day trial of the service. What is Gamefly? It's like Netflix, but for games, you should know that by now. You create a queue, they ship out two to three games to you. It's up to you. You play them for as long as you want, ship them back, and they'll just keep on shipping stuff from your queue. This is a great way to save money on not only playing a bunch of new releases, a bunch of old releases, because not only does Gamefly have over 8,000 titles ranging from PS4, Xbox One, Wii U, PS Vita, they go all the way back to the original Wii, the original Xbox, PS2 in certain cases. I know, right? And to sweeten the service even more, Gamefly allows you to buy a game back. Have you kept it out for a long time? Do you want to just keep it? Are you that settled into the multiplayer? You can buy that game back from Gamefly at an extremely reduced cost, and they'll send you the box and manual as if you purchased it anywhere else. Once again, you don't have to take my word for it. You can get started with a 30-day free trial for yourself by going to GameflyOffer.com slash LazerTime. And we're back and ready to start with our year-end countdown. Who's ready? I am. I hey. I just want to hear this great, great song again. Is it? Does it wear out its welcome on the second I, time? I just like. I totally heard you the second time. I <laughs> Should have gotten me to do it, man. I do a really good Dr. Well, Teeth. Why, when I just have an app that doesn't But I me. never get to do it, man. I just oh. love talking like that. This is how Terminator 2 starts, by the way. Uh, with, Machines learn how to sing Menomina, uh, and then yeah, we're it's, dead. It's all over. Yeah. So let's begin with our... Number 10. That damn bumblebee lady. Oh, you you knew just from that. Because I heard that same cue like 45 times before I finally beat her. All right, who's joining us for this special segment? Uh, hi, I am Tim Turry. Thank you for having me, guys. Welcome. Special guest Tim Turry. Special guest Tim Turry. Formerly Chrissy the Moocha. Ah, yes. Formerly and Harry Master Dave Rudd. Yeah. Game Informer, currently of Capcom. That's right. Yes. I, I've been involved in many a, uh, a heated uh, Game of the Year discussion, um, so I'm excited to, to jump back into the fray with you guys well, and have a, have a swell bout. Thanks for slumming it with us. This is amazing. <laughs> for something um, uh, that I can tell is not for everybody, Cuphead. Mm. Yes. Um, it's I, not for noobs. Not for I mean, babbies. It's, it's game, not for this people. This game for big boys. It's not for people who Wait. are fooled by the gentleness of this theme song. Well, Cuphead <laughs> That's only half the song, yeah. but we've we've only got so much time. But I, I, mean, I that's one of the things that's so beautiful about this yeah. goddamn game. I've still never even seen Mug Boy. Who's the other one? Mugman. Mugman. Yeah, he's right there on the title screen. Yeah, but I'm not playing two players. He's he's. I don't want to yell at somebody a, else while I play this. With I a different nose. Yeah. With a nose, I guess. I, yeah, I understand that playing with noses. two players is like considerably more forgiving. Really? Uh, is it? I, is it? I was told that they ramp it up the difficulty to to match. I guess it depends on you know how much teamwork you got. Going. It, yeah. I just we tried it for a second, but it just seemed like it convolutes the screen <laughs> so much more. <laughs> and I kept using that spread attack, and that's probably not the best. Mm. Cuphead is is like what if Contra looked like an old Fleischer Brothers cartoon yeah. <laughs> from the 30s, mm-hmm. and instead of horrifying Ridley Scott ripoff mm-hmm. aliens, you are fighting giant cartoon characters that change radically mm-hmm. in 
you know, they go through Th- like four well, permutations each. And there's no Konami code to help you. Here. No, 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 no Konami code. But like, I don't know. I've said this about. I've been repeat myself a lot. I never felt bad dying in Cuphead because it's, mm. everything is so nice to see, and you. Oh, it's, yeah. It feels like your fault, and it's just a little funnier and puts a smile yeah. on your face, even when you. God, this is fun. <laughs> yeah, this yep. is fine. And uh, but it, it to me, my favorite thing about it is that it it married. I love animation, mm-hmm. if you don't know me. Tim mm-hmm. does, I'm assuming. Uh, and I love games. And just how similar 2D games and animation are. That They went through a painstaking process to make this as an actual cartoon. And had the Super Nintendo had that processing power, it would have done the same thing. But it helped, they basically do the same things. Like, making a, a, a strong 2D game is like making a great cartoon. So why not just go all in? And the idea that, like... I don't know. I feel like you could reskin that game and like sell it on iPhone with like Space Ninjas and like it would be just as fun. But it's more charming to me because it's it's it shows this wonderful motif. It's a, it's amazing. Like I think like you basically nailed it. Where if you stripped apart both parts of what made Cuphead awesome, like yeah. the aesthetics and the gameplay of it, mm-hmm. and put you know put the aesthetics on a different game, put made the gameplay more rudimentary or the visuals more rudimentary or whatever. They'd spill. They'd be like top in class. Yeah. They'd get lots of attention if it was a breezy platformer instead of like a really hard as nails shoot 'em up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it would have gotten accolades, but instead they're together. Yeah, and they're both like way better. An- animated that. animation at its core is frame data. Mm, <laughs> I just I love I love that about it. And, yeah. uh, and, 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 and and bosses and, and movements they come in threes in games all the fucking time. So does. All old animation. Everything happens in threes. It's what makes the pacing boring when Mickey dances the same three moves <laughs> three times in a row. But it's how games work, and I'm, I'm surprised they married so well. And I, I I have not finished it, and I don't know that I will. I, I haven't either. I am stuck at 48% with that stupid green Mega Man-y dragon oh, that's a tough uh, one. Yeah, yeah, in the, that amusement park. Yeah. And I, I also I don't... I, like the, the gravity flipping stage, I still haven't finished that, and I... I'm kind of intimidated by it because, like, I need that to get another <laughs> coin, whatever, to go and buy more power-ups yeah. to kill the dragon. So I, I feel a little bit stuck right now, but I, I just need to, yeah. to power through. And it was weird. Like, this this was in development for so long. And it went through all these stages where, like, Microsoft swooped in and... and uh, to add stages. Yeah, to, well, to, <laughs> to, help, to help them with the development. But then, like, yeah, stages got added. But it is weird that it's, like... The stages were added in part, I think, because people were like, "We don't want it just a boss rush game." I, I think but it, the boss rush is like so, I, the, yeah. the platforming levels are okay. But, but then, nice. yeah, once, nice. once you find out what the boss rush is, it's, it's like do. it's like yeah. an overworld, and yes, the, each boss is like a level unto itself. Yep. And what what I would have liked in in them integrating these levels is like you play through a level, and then there's a boss at the end, the traditional structure, instead of. Yeah, there's also these optional oh, levels. Oh, yeah, given how frustrating these bosses are, I'm yeah. totally fine <laughs> yeah. starting right at a boss. The bosses themselves have stages. Just that it, yeah. and like, they, yeah, they, just, they, I think they buckled yeah. the consumer pressure there, and I think the boss fights are the meat and potatoes of this. Absolutely. Like, uh, but oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Jesus, why does and that there's no happen? checkpoints in, in the, the boss. Stuff. In, in they're the not boss on stuff. the simple mode. I thought they. That's oh, maybe they maybe do because huh. that's why they have those little breaks in the little map that you have after you. Frustratingly die near the end of the oh, level. Oh, checkpoints? I just thought I those were like... They, I, I actually thought it was no like, idea, here's, you, I was you got assuming. through this many boss phases, and here's how close you were to the end. Yeah. And I like that. I like that even though I uh, there are bosses that it's taking, taking me probably... 30, 40, 50 times to, to feet. There's always something that, that keeps you going. Like, yeah. oh, I was this close to the next phase. Oh, I can swap out... 
like my power or my weapons and yeah it's it, I'm a super big, fun I'm a big Monster Hunter fan mm-hmm. and Monster Hunter is essentially a bunch of fucking boss fights mm-hmm. like 400 boss fights and when you win you know you earned it and it feels so much better yeah. than having continued or a boss lowered its health on your behalf to help you get through you feel like you really accomplished something and when generally I haven't done it when I do it I feel like I could probably do that again mm-hmm. I could probably do that again better I could probably do it again way better. And I, <laughs> and I don't think like that with a lot of games. And there's, they're not segmented enough or, or, or structured well enough to allow me to do that, but Cuphead did. Yeah. And it's, it's weird also that the amount of... If you're like me, the amount of repetition that you'll have put into each boss mm. means that like you can hear a musical sting and instantly know what's going on. You, you guys want to tell me what that is? I bet you know. No, no. And I'm so far ahead of that point. Yeah, I, wait, I haven't done but that. But you remember, knowledge. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is it, which one is it? It's is Beppy it the Clown. I was going to say uh, Beppy it's the, he was the first one where like, I don't know if I'm going to finish this game. Yeah. He was the first <laughs> boss. Yeah, specifically like, oh, that weird bit at the beginning where he like hops into the bumper car and he's just like scooting oh, back and forth okay. like Austin Powersing like as he bumps into God, the I boundaries. That is funny that you mentioned that Green Dragon because that was one where like I remember, man, this is back when I was a Game Informer, and mm-hmm. I feel like it was like four years ago I previewed it or something, I played that dragon, and I'm like, the first few forms, I'm like, I think I got this, guy. <laughs> and I didn't know there was two more transformations. Yeah. And oh, then yeah. that game, I, I put it down for a while, then finally picked it up, and I was on that boss, I didn't realize it, and I could just, absolute muscle memory, get to that final form, mm-hmm. like halfway through yeah. it, mm-hmm. just no problem, like perfect run. Uh, but then it's one of those games where it's like I, put, I tried for like an hour and a half, two hours, put it down, came back fresh the next day. It's just like boom, first, yeah. first shot. The yeah. first. I keep hoping it's going to be like that for me. And I've, I can get like up to the dragon's final form flawlessly, yeah. but then it's those splitting fireballs. Is that, that one of those Super Mario Land style stages where you're like the flying uh, form yeah. of cup, Cuphead, like the athletic, the, yeah. you know, no. the scrolling ones? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah well, the, yeah. the auto scrolling, and you're like bouncing on clouds, and there's like a thing in the middle. In this case, a castle tower that's just sort of rotating. Mm-hmm. Oh. So you're you're actually going in a circle around it. But I think I think my favorite was the uh, the Jimmy fight so far. Uh, the the genie fight. Oh, oh the, man, yeah, yeah. that was really yeah. Good. The big rotating pyramid oh. in the center, and oh. it was so bonkers. <laughs> like they're all yeah. just so bonkers. Yeah, and it just like constantly everything is like, oh, you need a completely different strategy to defeat just this part. Of the boss, it's also what's something that's incredible too about like the marrying of like the gameplay and that aesthetic that I haven't really paused to think about until now is okay. So there's games like um, let's say like Donkey Kong Country mm-hmm. or something like that, which is a different. It's very stylized visuals, but with like really unforgiving gameplay and mm-hmm. like really tough platforming. And in my opinion, like I really respect that series. I grew up liking it. Going yeah. back to it, it feels really imprecise. Uh, and for some reason, even though Cuphead has these really flashy kind of gaudy aesthetics, sometimes. Yeah. It still feels like pixel perfect, even though it's not like you know it's not pixelated. Uh, and so I don't know how they did that, but good job. Yeah. All right. Well, congratulations, Cuphead, for making it on our list. D minus. <laughs> Is that the end screen for each level? Probably. <laughs> and I just yeah, I heard that you can't get higher than that. <laughs> I I don't have. The that gamer quality to play this game in long sittings, but mm-hmm. I also don't have a lot of games anymore that I can just. Uh, 
I'm, I'm warming up the soup. Let me see if I can just load this up for a little while. Mm, yeah. So I haven't finished it. I don't sit for any longer than an hour yeah. playing it. And, and it's a it super a easy game to play. Like, look, maybe today I'll only get like yep. two or three tries at this boss. Never. But you know what? I'll, maybe I'll learn something and then it'll carry over the next and time. And I'm never pissed. It's just all, it's, it's yeah. mostly joy. It is totally for me. Yeah. If you don't like hard games or classical animation, yeah. I can understand it being a hard sell, yeah. but it's really good. And, and, I'm, and yeah. the, the work put in the game is on display. I'm on yeah. the third island and I'm just, I'm sort of getting sad where it's like, I get the feeling that I'm like almost up to like the last few original bosses and then there's no new cartoons. It's true. It's, I'm <laughs> on that third island Unless too, they make man. an expan- expansion pack or something. Hmm. Alright, so that's Cuphead. We're going to move on to our next contender. Number nine. And that is a lot of the dialogue in this game. Woohoo! Which is what? Uh, Mario plus Rabbids. Yeah, Mario plus Rabbids. Kingdom Battle, full disclosure, I do work for Ubisoft. Uh, (laughs) Shill. (laughs) I have to say that every time. Only you guys know the full title. Yeah, But who who else is joining us for this segment? I'm Matt J, and it's me. I'm the guy who likes the rabbits still. Yay! I did this. Uh, Dave Rudden. I'm just a version of Matt J that's uglier. Aw. The rabbits. (laughs) <laughs> like the rabbit That's way uglier. No, yeah, who was your who was everybody's like go to team? I had I had Mario. I almost always stuck with Mario. Mario Rabbid. And then I'd kind of go between Luigi to snipe or mm. uh Peach to be my healer. I stuck hard to Mario, Luigi, and then the Peach Rabbid, but like Mario, Mario and Luigi, because like man, like that Steely Stare stuff. Oh, like yeah. the yeah. over, over oh, but what yeah, is that. it? It's Overwatch essentially, or no? Mm-hmm. O- is that what yes, it? the yes, Overwatch ability? Yeah. Basically, Overwatch, but yeah. it's it's a different name for every character. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Luigi's just Steely Steely Stare. As steely soon gaze. as I could steely double stare. up, like to level up in the path to do the two shots from mm-hmm. Overwatch, I was like, oh, oh yeah. damn. Well, and also the Mario and Luigi can do the double. They can do the double double jump mm-hmm. uh, off of each other and do damage, and yeah, it's. Uh, but we're getting ahead of ourselves, I guess. Yeah, yeah but the... Uh, well, I'll just say my team was usually Mario and Luigi, both for the snapshot, and then a rabid that would change, although based on my boss's recommendation, like, I got hung up on the final fight, and it's like, bring, make sure you have uh, rabid Luigi in your party, mm. because he has that vampire ability that makes him very, very hard to kill. Yeah, oh, that nice. is. His vampire ability is pretty great, but I just love the... The spread shot of the shotgun that Mario oh, yeah. Mario Rabbit has is is so good. I, I like that Mario Rabbit is like uh like a stereotype of a European dock worker or something. <laughs> he like carries around his loot and he's all just like super tough and swallows his toothpick pick everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Did yeah. everyone here have the pixel weapons? Oh yes, the... yeah. Well, I they were my like first three hour weapons, and then I finally got weapons that were better than it. Yeah, it was one of those. It, it's kind of like using that big guy in Fire Emblem. Like it kind of hobbled me. Like mm. I feel like it keeps you from learning things because they're so Tiny good in the bit, beginning. Maybe. What are the pixel weapons? If you bought a physical copy of the game, it comes with like a download code for extra. Yeah, it, was, it was a pre order bonus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Neat. Um, but this game started off like I remember. That image leaked, and uh, the I internet. thought it looked dumb. I was like, "Oh, what a dumb image! This but game will suck." But then, Triumph at E3! Mm-hmm. Oh, it was so beautiful, such a great moment. Uh, I cried when everybody actually saw what the game was. And it's like, "Oh, yeah, no, this is really good." It's probably been one of the biggest reversal of fortunes, and mm-hmm. like, well, what people thought about it before it happened, and then when they saw it, it was like, 
night and day. That was that was my feeling seeing the trailer at E three when it like three thirty seconds in when it clicked with me like this is XCOM. Oh my god, I want this so mm. bad. Like I watched some reactions of it online and like you know just some other podcasts and stuff and like just watching people like see them come on stage and be like they just see sort of the smugness and then just this gradual like change of expression to like whimsy. It was pretty mm. good. I, mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many. I thought like Mario had done every sort of spinoff possible, but I'm like, oh yeah, he hasn't done XCOM. And I actually mm-hmm. played this at the same time I played XCOM 2: War of the Chosen, which mm-hmm. I also really liked. The same genre, mm-hmm. but just it, it's so much more. I don't want to say fun, but it's just it's a lot more streamlined. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like the cool little things you can do, like sliding and jumping mm-hmm. off of characters and pipes. But uh, yeah. well, as the Mario expert here, I'll say what I really love about it is that. Ubisoft captured what uh, people like Square Enix did when they made a Super Mario RPG, which is you have a genre, but you need to put the Mario elements on it, and they did, which is, in this case, it is a very active strategy game. Like, you have so many movement options. Jumping is a major part of it. Mm-hmm. Same, Jumping and running is a huge part of it. Go- going through pipes to going extend, pipes. not only to uh, travel places, but to extend mm-hmm. your movement range. Like, if you notice, it expands by a couple of spaces mm-hmm. when you go through Yeah, them. it was something that I had to learn a lot in the first, like, uh, few matches. I was like, oh, wait, these guys move a lot more than I thought, mm-hmm. and exposure is different than it was before, especially, too, with the destructible environment, so you get to see the blocks break as well. So. Yeah. Something I liked about it, too, is just, like, it's just really clean-looking, and so I could read the battlefield really easily and understand at a glance, like, what was going on. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, it worked yeah, for the you, strategy. You don't have the fog of war. Yeah. <laughs> but that clean-looking thing is, is an important part, because when they take Mario and put these other genres or game styles on it, the thing they almost always do, like with soccer or baseball or whatever, is they take it down to the barest, most important elements and mm-hmm. just put those up to 10. So, like, you're not worried about a bunch of extra confusing, you know, other things. You're just worried about the main game mechanics and mastering those. Mm-hmm. And then presentation-wise, one of the weirdest things to me, though, was that, like, Nintendo is usually, they are very protective of their characters and very protective of all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, in this case, they're hanging out with... Mario, Luigi, Peach, and Yoshi, along with Bowser and those two dudes, they're hanging around with, like, the underpants fart monsters <laughs> of, of rabbits. I was like, this is extra, like, this is definitely more scatological than Mario normally gets. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't involve PG, that's Wario stuff. He doesn't mm. do PG fart jokes in his thing. Instead... They're like, oh, look at that underwear attached to that uh, refrigerator. That's weird, huh? Yeah, that's that's pretty weird. And and actually, through most of the game, you are not controlling Mario or any of the other characters. You're controlling Beepo, who is he's funny. Yeah, he's a little robot who's everybody's guide, and uh, he is introduced in a segment that has nothing to do with Rabbids or Mario. I forgot about the the intro. About dark matter, space-time manipulation, practical applications, nothing. I mean, the supermerge could solve the energy crisis, Beepo. Watch. The supermerge, as <laughs> talked about by that scientist at the beginning, uh, who's a big Mario fan, and uh, the rabbits invade, I think, her workspace, her lab, in their uh, washing machine, time machine, whatever mm. that is. And there's, there's so many layers. Yes. 
And then yeah. they they fuse with the fictional universe of the of Mario and yes. fall into the mushroom kingdom. Mario's fictional, rabbits aren't. Rabbits mm-hmm. yeah. canon exists on a higher plane of existence than Mario does. Yes. Rabbits are the real game. Mario's well, the fake. Game. Well, I've had the can- <laughs> I've had the Mario canon argument that the technology creates. Using her posters of Mario, the technology creates its own Mario universe, so, which the rabbits teleport into, not the Mario uh. universe we see in other things. So mm. you're seeing a Mario simulacrum that rabbits are interacting with. So you're saying, so in this world, Mario is already fictional. Mm. Then they make another Mario. So this is actually, so the, the rabbits Mario is also the realist Mario. Whoa. Whoa. No, the realist Mario is the one who meets humans and jumps on taxi cabs. The movie. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, here's here's an opera song. Mario. With great joy in my heart. Each time I watch Mario Kart, you're first and doing so well. But you're gone this tiny shell. And before Hank says it, here's this bit. It's me, let's go, the only one you know. <laughs> pretty good. He's out to steal your princess's heart. Uh-huh. And your princess is in another castle. Yeah. <laughs> that bit is so great because very few characters speak out loud in the yes. game. It's almost all text mm-hmm. except in that intro. And when the opera ghost first appears... He kind of is just making noises, yeah. so you think like, oh, he's just a noise guy. And then he clears his throat and sings an entire yeah. song with like multiple verses that go through like, his wah, stages. Wah, wah, wah. It's like yeah. everyone every like rare speak voice just needs to clear their throat and they're just <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. But but speaking of rare, like the the, the Grant Kirkhope soundtrack's incredible. It's got yes. like these shades of yes. like Banjo kazooie in there. But then I never thought about it until this moment, but like the Great Mighty Pooh sort of mm. like It's operatic. absolutely the Great oh. Mighty Pooh, one hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> Except a PG great mighty poo you do shoot him in the butt well in his nethers i guess i guess but his his nethers are just sort of like this big balloon thing Mm. that he floats around on uh and the way he taunts you during the fight too is so great it's uh yeah that's that's also just a really good boss fight that that it Mm kind of keeps you guessing with the way that it switches up the arena it's like okay now i have to do go do this before i can damage him and uh Mm -hmm. yeah uh the game also i just uh I really, they really did make Mario look like Mario. Everybody mm-hmm. looks correct. Yeah, well, and... that that was one of the things that uh, Miyamoto said during E3, or, or that um, Davide Soliani, the, the designer, said that they mm-hmm. had gone and presented Nintendo with this idea, and in their prototype that they had studied all the 3D Mario models very closely and mm-hmm. had come up with a very close approximation, and so that, yeah, Miyamoto was like, how did you get mm. this so exact? <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah, and... Though, because of the rules of Nintendo, most characters just get to look... Like, the rabbits get to be funny and very acty. Uh, they get to act out a lot of silly things. But Mario or Peach just mainly go like, Oh! Oh! Or they... <laughs> they kind of react. They yeah. can't be too expressive. But Luigi gets to be a little funnier. There's some real funny bits. Like, when you first activate Luigi... He's always like he's popping up and down and staring at the camera, mm. uh, the, mm-hmm. the the camera phone. Yeah, he's he's trying to look over the rabbit's shoulders to look at their that, phone while mm-hmm. they they keep moving it away. That was a good moment. And I love Rabbit's Peach. She, oh, she's my favorite. She rules. She's she's one of my favorite new characters of this year. Yeah, yeah. the the cell phone obsessed Rabbit Peach <laughs> who has that great moment with. Uh, 
mild spoilers, rabid Donkey Kong, uh, where he's like teetering on top of a really precarious platform and like the only thing propping it up is like a tiny stick. And so she's just kind of staring off into the distance and slowly reaching for the tiny stick. And, and Mario kind of is acting like, wait, wait, yeah. don't do it. She's no, like, no. Uh, you mean this? <laughs> yeah, it's great. It has a, it has a real sense of humor. The, though what's slightly distracting playing it again, picking it back up after Super Mario Odyssey is that, the Mario characters in this game are the Wii U era of Mario characters, and now they've mm. been slightly redesigned and updated for Odyssey, so they look like they look like last year's model of Mario in oh, the game. Wow. But, Their noses uh, don't wiggle around when you spin not, around. Like no more Mario boob Odyssey. physics on his nose. Gotta no. trade him in for the Mario X. Just came out. <laughs> but it's tons of fun. Like it's one of my I'd say it's my third favorite. Yeah, I will say it. It's my third favorite uh, Switch game after Breath of the Wild and Super Mario yeah. Odyssey. It's I would have to agree. Favorite. Probably the third biggest reason to own a Switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I nice. So yeah, congratulations to this game for making it in our top ten. <laughs> and let's move on to... Number eight. Oh, and that skydiving sound effect can only mean one thing. Which game is this? It's new panelists who've joined us. It's PUBG. PUBG? I thought yes. it was Poobug. PUBGA. Uh, PUBGA. <laughs> PUBGA. That's good, However too. However you want to smash those words together, letters together. Player rather. Unknowns Battlegrounds, and who's joining Horrible. us for this segment? Hey, it's Bob Mackie. And Matt J. Hi. And Chris Antista, who has not played the game, but watched, I think, an, like an elapsed three hours of game footage, because mm-hmm. it often elicits the best, the funniest things on the internet right yeah. around now. I've only played a few matches of this, to be honest, but this has gotten so much love on the internet, mm-hmm. and these guys seemed so passionate about it that I was like, mm-hmm. yes, it would be tone deaf of us to not include this well, in our top ten games it, of the year. It would be nuts it's it's a completely i don't know like can you define what it does differently because ultimately it it causes a multiplayer match with guns to end in something surprising every time Mm -hmm. after 20 years of a glut of gun games well as someone who's been covering games forever i like how it breaks every rule and is successful Mm -hmm. uh it is a multiplayer game without a single player campaign Mm. it has one map and it has the worst possible title for any video game (laughs) ever (laughs) that tells you nothing about what the game is about but it has sold 30 i think 30 million upon the last time i looked at the sales i still don't know who player unknown is i've never Uh, looked into it he's a dude He's a guy? Yeah. He's a guy. Player unknown. He's unknown. He's a player. Uh, probably not very I unknown anymore. I think mm-hmm. he worked on Arma or did mods for Arma yeah. or mm-hmm. something well, like that. I think this this started out as an Arma mod. Oh, you're right. right? You're right. Yeah. yeah. That it's it's kind of like TF2. It, it kind of has that very almost painfully realistic feel, although the the setup is sort of ridiculous that you're one of, what, 100 people, mm-hmm. I think? Yeah, that, that skydive onto this... Remote, like gigantic, fucking open world island. After There's, being called racial words, for yeah, about yeah, five horrible, minutes. horrible. You, like pe- people just scream the n word repeatedly. Turn in the that cockpit, chat off, and it's like <laughs> it's it's just an incentive to get out of the airplane <laughs> as quickly as possible. I love the loading. The loading area is just like 
a plotless example of like Battle Royale or Hunger Games. Yes, like here yeah. are a bunch of people who don't know each other thrown <laughs> into this area to try just, and survive. Just an arena. Well, you mentioned the loading mm-hmm. thing. Like mm-hmm. while you're waiting for a match to start, that is what it is. Like everyone's just crammed into a small area and you can run around and shoot at or punch each other. And if, you're all immortal. <laughs> yeah. Risk free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always try and swim as far as I can. Mm-hmm. That's always my goal. Oh, nice. There's no sharks in the game, right? No, no sharks. Missed opportunity. So. No wildlife, as far but as it, I know. The game's yeah. not done! But <laughs> who needs sharks when you've got that danger zone that gradually closes in Does and have an official takes you by yet? surprise? I, the ring? The I don't ring? know yeah. if it's an official name. The circle, we usually just say the circle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stay in the circle. Like, yeah. Where's the ring? Where's the ring? But it's, it's a, it's a battle game. area that closes off, and you're standing on the wrong side of it. You die automatically. Well, gradually. It's gradually. not an instant thing. Like, yeah. It's, I didn't mean it's to not like it the, It's not like the explosive collars on Battle Royale, which yeah. this is sort of based on. Mm-hmm. Over the course of a match, that uh, when you're outside the ring, it does more damage. In the beginning, you can mm-hmm. be outside of it for a while. It'll slowly mm-hmm. tick down. But towards the end of the game, you need to get the hell out of that ring. And yeah. you can't like hang out at the edge of the ring. It moves real fast when yeah. it closes. It moves pretty much faster than you can run. So you got to be trucking toward the middle of that circle as much as you can. That's what, yeah. I love videos of it. When it moves faster, it looks like a natural disaster. Like just a group <laughs> yeah. of people like, fuck! <laughs> I really like it. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, my favorite games have ended with me and my team on the second floor of one house that everyone is trying to get into. I love when the ring closes on one single house. It's the <laughs> most fun experience. It's, it's like 20 minutes into a game of Twister. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's touching everything. Yeah, although for most of the time, I think uh, it's not really the close quarters, like, enemy appears every five seconds deathmatch experience mm-hmm. you might be used to. Like, you can go a long time without meeting anyone, and when you do, the standoffs tend to be very tense and sound like this. Shoots a guy with a sniper shot, gets back in the car, keeps driving. I miss it when Christopher Waltz said something when he came to my house. (laughs) 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 You looked so disapproving of my Inglorious Bastard joke. Yes. Um, uh, But you're the one spending 90 minutes explaining what PUBG is just because you don't know what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair enough. (laughs) This has been played by millions of people, and I'd love... I'm one of them. I I remember Chris Waters described Titanfall as an awesome moment generator, and he wasn't wrong, but it had awesome scripted moments generated by the developers, whereas the developers have almost nothing to do with the funny things that happen in this game. Yeah. It's just an endless, like, uh, something that can reproduce endless results in a gameplay mode. Yeah. In a way that, like, GTA has promised with several multiplayer modes and can't seem to pull off. And I think it shows how other multiplayer games tend to overthink things and aren't as successful because of that, like uh, Battlefront 2. I think so much of that game mm. is overthought, and mm. so much of the uh, monetized features of it are so overthought that if you just gave everybody all the features up front, they mm. would love it. They would love it just like Overwatch. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a game that was this immediately copied by so many other people. Mm-hmm. Like, it's immediately thrown into some of the biggest franchises around, like Call of Duty, is <laughs> just making a mode that is just this game. And Fortnite has done it Fortnite. Already. Mm-hmm. Are they in a lawsuit? I think I don't think so. Okay. I mean, uh, hmm, there's I, something threatening going on words there. were exchanged, yeah. if not pay- legal documents. I want the Splatoon version of this to be fair. <laughs> yeah, it'll be pretty awesome. Mm. Talking about mm. it as an awesome moments generator, like the first time that I saw this game being played, it was I, I didn't really know what it was, but it was just some dude grabbing a car and like driving it through this series of underground passageways that were like extremely tight and just like pulling off these ridiculous turns underground and like popping up and surprising a bunch of dudes. Yeah. Uh, Wes Green, our friend friend of the show, was telling us about 
that like he and some friends like uh, Jack DeCarn were driving around like <laughs> hit a ramp and like ramped up to this roof and there's like a guy standing there and they just like shot him while they were flying. Yeah, or... There's an amazing gif of that. Yeah. They yeah. just get out and all and the guy's just like oh, oh, what? Like and they just start shooting <laughs> at him. Yeah. Playing shooters enough you can look at any video of this and see like oh wow. Like how did that mm-hmm. how, how, did, how did this conclude like this? Yeah and winning is probably the most fulfilling experience huh. you'll ever have in a video game. I've been playing this game every weekend weekend since probably August or July. I've only won two games, wow. but because that feeling was I'm so exhilarating, uh, it was p- a pure luck most of the time. It's, but. it's why I'm never annoyed, because people automatically share their replay when they win, because yeah. it happens so rarely. Mm-hmm. I and capture the, equipment up when I'm the one of the last three. I, I have shared every chicken dinner I've won, yeah. all two oh. of them in the game. <laughs> so uh, The chicken dinner thing is because it's like the new like cake is the lie. Like, you hear it yeah. constantly. It's become such a, such a catchphrase for it's uh, even gamers. Been, um, sorry, it's even been localized in other versions of the game. They found wow. a way to localize chicken dinner. Yeah. chicken dinner. Uh, well, uh, they actually use chicken dinner in Japan, and it, they turn it into a pun. So chicken. Uh, <laughs> I think that's part of it, yeah. <laughs> cool. So yeah, PUBG, amazing game, right? Yes, yes, yes. totally. And it's, I, I, again, I loved what I've seen friends play of this game. Uh, my PC's right now recording this show, and I can't play PC games anymore. It runs at 240p, uh-huh. one frame a second. <laughs> but it comes to Xbox, it it's came to Xbox on the 12th. And it's weird because I think it's one of the first early access console games I've ever seen available. Not f- It's not full price, but mm-hmm. there's a pre- you can pre-order an unfinished game on Xbox One. And that's how I have to play it, sadly. I wish I could do it yeah. on PC. Well, the, the unfinished part actually caused a moderate controversy. Yeah, a little that, bit. Like, there, there are those who say, like, no, this is unfinished. It shouldn't be on any top anything Game of the Year lists because you're giving it Game of the Year based on the promise of... Mm-hmm. Uh, features uh, we're giving it this based on what it does and now. I would argue yeah. that the only person making that argument is someone who hasn't spent hours inside of it. Mm. Anybody who has is going to argue this for game of the year because I get it every fucking day from everybody on Twitter yes. in <laughs> my life. Absolutely, it needs to be in the list. It is a product you can buy, and what's there now is amazing. Hurry up so. and finish, so someone doesn't rip you off. All right. Mm. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to. Number seven. And that iconic knife fight sequence brings us into which game? Night in the Woods. Hey, it's Henry Gilbert. Mm-hmm. Hey, joining us for the first time this... Possibly? I don't know. Uh, the, we're recording all these out of order. But Night in the Woods is, yes, definitely one of our top ten Game of the Year contenders. This game po- is possibly... One of my top five of this year. This is an unassuming game, Mm -hmm. 2D side-scroller, about a young cat who drops out of college to move back home to her shitty hometown in the Rust Belt somewhere and stumbles upon a weird conspiracy while hanging out with friends. But uh, I want to know what you guys thought of this. Hey, it's Bob Mackie, and as someone who was born in the Rust Belt and spent 25 miserable years there, <laughs> this feels like uh, this game was made for me. And in fact, I had a very similar experience to me, the main character. I didn't get kicked out of college or drop out of college. I got a master's degree, and this was in the depths of the recession, or the depression, rather, in 2009. So I returned to my shitty Rust Belt hometown, and acted in self-destructive ways with the few remaining friends I had left there. And I eventually made it out, but uh, this game really like touched a really personal part of my brain. And um, mm-hmm. I might have a different experience than you guys, but this speaks to just the quiet dread and desperation of a Rust Belt town. But they communicate that in very subtle ways. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love all the conversations you get around the town from people who lost their jobs or mm-hmm. are going through like nobody still has nobody can keep a job anymore, and they keep losing. I I like that early exchange you have with one character who just lost their job and in jokingly not jokingly contemplates killing people and they're like yeah. well is there any money in that like that's that that's how desperate they're all feeling just like a, a general malaise dude. yeah and yeah. there's like a uh, abandoned grocery store on the edge of town and mm-hmm. one of your favorites uh uh restaurants closes in the middle of the game and you're like oh no pastorific or whatever is closed now we used to go to the place pa- all the time possibility possibility that's yeah. right much better pun <laughs> but the, the thing it's is no like, we're making it sound super bleak and to a certain point it is yes but it's also funny it's very cleverly written the characters are really endearing, and it kind of has a Shenmue-style feel where it's like, it's a 2D platformer, but this town is very open. You can kind of go anywhere. There's a lot of places to poke your head in and explore. You can uh, hop up on power lines, which are treated like tightropes. And like any good tightrope, they make noise, like plucking violin strings. <laughs> And yeah, you can seemingly fall from any height and not be hurt because you're a cat. She's a Why cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I like the early introduction too of like there's squirrels in the world. They're like, so people are human animal hybrids, but also regular animals exist <laughs> in this world too. Yeah. And I think anybody writing dialogue should look at this game uh, for instruction because it does the best naturalistic comedy dialogue where there are jokes being told, but there are not giant signals like, this is a joke. Isn't this funny? Aren't we wacky? Mm-hmm. It's very dry, and I consider it like an Earthbound style way in which yeah. um, it, ju- it just feels very natural, not like a, like this facade of comedy hitting you in the face. I, I, love, I love her friends. I love Greg, who you're introduced yeah. to. He's the delinquent coyote who works behind the counter at the local convenience store and like you meet him he's like hey got cups on my ears uh he loves doing crimes he loves doing crimes you go out and do crimes you you get into like knife fights with each other where you stab each other's hands uh just more more property destruction like there's a a mini game where you break uh (laughs) fluorescent light bulbs it's a lot of fun I like that Greg just leaves his job whenever he feels like yeah. it. And you're like, can you do that? He's like, yeah, well. And I also, Everyone in this town is desperate for a job, but I can leave mine anytime yeah. I want. Well, and then him and Angus are a cute couple, too. Yes. I like them together. The and, and I also like the little puzzle you have to even get in their apartment. You have to electrocute yourself just mm-hmm. to get the button yeah. not there. Yeah. Uh, I'm Matt J. I'm, I'm also sitting around here. Uh, I just hey, want to throw a quick two cents about this game because... Uh, Bob, you said it absolutely perfectly. This is actually a game. I am the Chris of this mm. uh, segment where ah, yes. I haven't actually played this game. I've looked at it from afar because this game might kill me if I play it because it is exactly 100% my experience. Uh, I've watched plays of it. I've uh, I've followed the creator on Twitter. I've seen everyone's screenshots and stuff. I just haven't jumped into it because I feel like uh, as a guy who like uh, <laughs> disgracefully moved home during the recession, because I couldn't afford the next year of my very expensive art school, uh, I you know moved home and just like shit around and let my life fall apart because I was horribly depressed by the state of the mm. country. And uh, I feel like this game uh, came at the time where I'm finally starting to like 
have a real life and be a real grown up and like live with a person and like take care of our cats and pay our bills right and pay my student loans right and then this game comes out and I see it and I'm like uh oh you reminded me of my life 10 years ago well yeah. I mean May doesn't really she's not an example to emulate no. she, she is a mm-hmm. stumbling like uh, kind of idiotic person and but she's she's fun to be around and her friends are fun to be around mm-hmm. and they kind of have the they eventually develop like a sort of mystery teens thing going on where it's like people are disappearing why are they disappearing <laughs> Why did we find a severed arm just lying in the road and no one seems to care? Let's poke it with a stick and let's have a stick-poking minigame. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it makes me nostalgic for 10 years ago, too, but not in a good way. But I've just, like, whenever you would go back home for the holidays, I, I mm. never, like, permanently moved back home yeah. like May did. But I uh, think this resonates being... really strongly with those of us who are from shitty towns. Yeah, well, it, And yep. it just reminds me of getting back home and seeing your friends from high school and you're like, well, you didn't leave the town, and high school life just continued for you. You're just still the same person, except now in your 20s, but living the same life, pretty much. Or now you're the manager at the place that I left you at where you were a cashier. But, yeah, I, I'm with Bob, too, that the dialogue is just amazing. I love the the exchanges between May and her parents, too. Are Those really are great, great, yeah. Like, her and her mom mm-hmm. have a fun back and forth often i love her relationship with her dad who yeah. just is only there at night because he works like a shitty day job mm-hmm. and he just is watching tv you have like little interactions about the the goofy like comedy show on the tv that's on every yeah. night when i love little lines like that too that reveal like oh yeah my dad used to work there and then yeah. he got fired just all these like sad things of everybody's just more unhappy because there's no uh, or also all the telemarketers just talking yeah. through their like shitty job and they're like well it's better than this other place though yeah and and you that there's like that weird underground like subway station that's become like the the subway shut down so they turned it into like an underground river but there's still like a pierogi stand <laughs> and there's like the huge mural of uh, miners that at one point someone hacks up yeah, having grown up in that area, the people who made this game, I think, are from Pittsburgh. And, like, mm. uh, the, the oh, pierogies were such a nice touch. I love pierogies so much. Uh, Yummy. But uh, I think I think for a lot of people, there's, like, one really iconic moment in this that, especially on YouTube, seems to resonate with a lot of cover artists. And it is this. <laughs> remember the name of that song uh i think it has something to do with the tagline of the game it's at the end of everything hold on to anything Is no that it's it? it's die anywhere else oh die anywhere else Got it's it. the first song that you have to play so may has a... i was not ready for that when it happened no I very that's badly the point it. Yeah. i love that the way they make you just fuck up at that because yeah. it's just way too hard for you yeah and well the thing is that may is like recruited into a band with her old friends her old high school friends and they're like She's like, I barely remember how to play bass. I don't know this song. It's like, yeah, just play it anyway. You'll do fine. And uh, so then you get a little rhythm mini game. You will fuck up repeatedly. Um, but yeah, there's like a ton of covers of Die Anywhere Else specifically, but there are like three or four other songs. Mm. And you don't get to hear them sung. You just see the lyrics on screen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're all... And, and Die Anywhere Else especially is kind of... It's a song about this town that you've always lived in and... You're too old for it. You see kids uh, doing the things that you used to do, but uh, you know you're slowly dying. Yeah. <laughs> and, 
And more about the setting is I love having grown up in a dead town. You just see the remnants of what used to be a booming town mm-hmm. with life and a future. It just the ruins of that. You can just look into it and read about it and see what used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The big Kmart. Yes. And it all eventually devolves into Lovecraftian horror. As it should. Spoilers. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, Night in the Woods, inexpensive, fantastic game. Not too long to play through and way more fun than we're making it sound with all this bleak talk about shitty Mm -hmm. towns and uh, industrial depression. But let's move on to our next game, which is... Number six. I know that sound. I don't hear a 13-year-old yelling about a killer. So, uh, I don't, <laughs> don't know what it you says. though? Here comes the Jace Jace. <laughs> Here comes the Jace Jace. He did. He said the Jace Jace. Here comes what are you the Jace Jace. I just wanted you to escape once, Dave, not die instantly. <laughs> yeah, Dave. Oh, sorry. This is a Splash display of negligent back. parenting, yeah. I think. Yeah, so what what lovely game is this? <laughs> Award for most ex- effective use of soundtrack stings goes yes. to Friday the 13th. The game. Yes. yes. Which um, still doesn't have a single player mode, but we'll forgive Can somebody it's, name it's awesome. things. And now that it's in the game of the year, yeah. can somebody name a better game based on a movie? Mm. In history. This, in oh, history. oh, in history. In hi- I'm talking about fucking history. Wow. This is the most authentic, authentic to the movie that makes for a great Damn. game. Aladdin for Super Nintendo. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a... Well, my second. You know what game. was your favorite part about the movie, Aladdin? You know the part where he ran left to right. Yes. For the whole. Time? I like when the genie made him go through a death gauntlet inside <laughs> of his lamp. Yeah. I mean, my second favorite movie game of all time is Friday Thirteenth on NES. So mm. uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Now that's that, nobody liked that game. Jason had the power but of a boat in that game. This game I love. I probably put this more time into this game than any other game this year. It's just so bit more stream time. Oh yeah, we streamed this three or four times because they they're always adding something cool too. Like about every month. They add like maybe a new counselor, new version of Jason, new kills, mm-hmm. new maps, new clothes. Yeah. Uh, Tommy like, Jarvis's house is in it now. Yes, it's it's like PUBG. It's an unfinished game, kind yes. of. It, uh, but uh, they, yeah. I mean, if you look at the, at the reviews when it came out, mm-hmm. it did not do good. It had a bad first week too. No, like, it's just like, we like even when we're streaming it, like it had like I don't, timed out. I'm not yelling stuff. at reviewers because I feel bad for them. If a server doesn't load, you yeah. can't review the game. I get yeah. that, but the server will eventually load and it'll be better. And it was. And it just became really, really fun. And as someone who grew up in the 80s and loved with these movies, I didn't think it'd get a product like this that was so that that revered its source material so well yeah. in a game that worked that I that is unlike a lot of other things I've ever played. I, I believe it didn't have the license at first. It was sort of a yeah, uh, spiritual yeah. Friday the Thirteenth game. I think that's what the like Kickstarter a, was yeah. for. Yeah. They went, they, how much is this Paramount or yeah. New Line? So what was yeah. it originally called? Like Summer Camp Slasher, mm, or something, something like that. Yeah. But as somebody who loves Left for Dead, I've been waiting for a, a sequel or yeah. another game that will An capture that symmetrical. Sort of, yeah, exactly. And this does it for me. It's a very different experience, but. I love just um, how different every match can be. Yeah. I mean, I have probably played... I've lost count. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, like, dozens of hours worth of this game. Each match takes, like, 20 minutes. Uh, And, yeah, just... 
you know, you have basic ideas of what to do. Like this time, I want to try to escape, or I have yeah. a stronger character. I might want to try to actually kill Jason, mm-hmm. and you can. Yeah, but even if you don't do that shit, you still just feel like you've accomplished something. Like you've made yes. some sort of like you've earned some XP towards like new clothes <laughs> or shit, something like that. Like, said okay. that a thousand times. If you yeah. die in the first two minutes, you're treated to a pretty great. Yeah. 10 minute yeah. Oh, yeah. Friday the 13th with movie. the possibility that you come back into the game as yeah. the strongest character oh yeah. yeah when I'm resurrected as Tommy Jarvis I first think how am I, how am I gonna fuck this up this time oh, because yeah. I will waste this one bullet and I'll die instantly I, I always think I'm gonna be like Willie in the uh, the last segment of the <laughs> Treehouse of Horror like come in like guns blazing <laughs> I'm going to get you, Jason. Oh, I'm bad at this. <laughs> yeah, and I like that even unless you follow a very specific set of criteria, all of your attempts to kill Jason will go down more or less like this. Yeah. You like that asshole? Jason, boy, do you know what your gift is? No matter what they do to you, you cannot die. You can never die. All right, shut up, Mom, so I can get back up. Jesus. <laughs> It's too bad the actress who played Jason's mother died within the past few years because I think she was totally on board with Friday the 13th and how mm-hmm. her notoriety came from that movie. Yeah. I don't know. She, pretty she similar didn't too. join in Freddy vs. Jason for mm. the most ridiculous, egotistical actory. It wasn't the same person. Oh, no. But that that might be the same dialogue because we actually yeah. talked about this in an uh, episode of An Elm Street Nightmare. No, because some of it's from Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah, but that verbatim is what she says in Freddy vs. Jason. Mm-hmm. That's just like... You can't die. You can never I think die. that's a huge thing for me. If you if you've been a fan of a movie for thirty years, I'm looking at my Ghostbusters DVD. Like the Ghostbusters game was lacking in the game department, mm-hmm. but as a game based on the movie Ghostbusters, this is the greatest thing yeah. I've ever seen in my whole life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Friday the Thirteenth has a new kind of gameplay that yeah. not a lot of people are doing. And I mean that it recreates. Yeah. I think at this point it's like I think. Six or seven out of the nine different, like, Jasons that have been in movies. Six like, to nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it, it, and it is it is buggy at times, but it's just so much fun, and it is, like, exactly what you expect out of, like, playing as Jason or playing against Jason. If you were a little kid who spent hours in a notebook trying to make a game, like, write down yeah. a game version of your favorite movie, mm. that's what this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was buggy. It was buggy as shit at first, and it slowly worked itself out, and I understand people who jumped off the ship, but... Man, I'm so proud of this game. Yeah. I love it so well, much. It feels like not not even like little kid in a notebook, but like if you were a kid playing a Friday the Thirteenth game with your friends, like out yeah. in the backyard or in the woods yeah. or All something, right. this is how it would right. play out. With maybe, one player's Jason, maybe just that that essence of like like a lot of kids' dreams were were finally realized with mm-hmm. this game. But maybe they don't know it, so this generation's kids are playing it. Mm. And I love that they all the time. This finally canonically establishes that yes, Jason can teleport and mm-hmm. move around invisibly like the the presence from Evil Dead. Yeah, like he's not it's, just a big dumb zombie. Isn't that wonderful? It's, think, it, yeah, it, 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 like and he they comes don't with talk about amounts of traps. They don't talk about reason. what Jason does in the movies as his powers, but the game understands it like that, and mm-hmm. you get. Exactly it, the power that Jason yeah. has. It explains every improbable kill from the movie. Yep. It's like, <laughs> it's, how did he get there? That's yeah. the best way to put it. It does. It yeah. like why did he spend all that time posing that corpse in that position yeah. in that closet? only to appear behind him for no reason yeah. without making a noise? And the kills in this it's, game are it's amazing. a perk. Like, <laughs> yep. there's so many that you can unlock, and there are a lot that are specific to East Jason. And then there's context sensitive uh, kills where it's like, like I'm at the point where it's like I'm trying to get every kill in the game, so I'm like. It's a bit different when I play now where I'm just trying to, like, lead people to certain parts of the map and kill them that way. But it's just like, yeah, there's always something new to do in this game. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, parting shot from Pamela Voorhees. <laughs> they deserve to die, Jason. 
Make them suffer. Yes. Yes. Kill for mother. <laughs> mm. Oh, and you can you can uh, unlock the the tapes of her. Yeah. That's impossible. It, I've I haven't found one of them. <laughs> I don't found, think they're on YouTube. They I have to be possible. I found one. Oh wow! Within like over a hundred hours of gameplay. Wow! One wow! Tape. And actually, no, it was because I also bought the Xbox three uh, Xbox One version of this uh, game. Yeah. And within like two hours of playing the Xbox One version, I still don't haven't found a tape on the PS4 version, which I have put a ton of hours in. Apparently, there's some sort of like way to do it, but they're not telling. But it is weird how like rare it is. But yeah, this uh, phenomenal game. You guys love it, I think, more than anything else <laughs> this year. But we're halfway through our top ten list at this point. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, we'll get through the top five and your answers for what was your personal game of the year. Stay tuned. Get scratching. Howdy, folks. I hope you're resting easy. I know how you could rest easier with today's sponsor, Casper Mattresses. That's right, Casper Premium Mattresses. And uh, those of you interested in shopping for a new mattress can go to caspertrial.com slash laser time and get 50 bucks towards any new mattress. That's a big deal because uh, if you don't know what Casper is, they're these awesome mattresses that combine high-density memory and premium latex foam to create a sleep surface that contours to your body and keeps you cool and balanced throughout the night. Furthermore, uh, it's cheaper than any other mattress in town. You go to a big box store, you're going to pay up to thousands of dollars for a new mattress. That's not how Casper does it. They've innovated all things in the science of sleep, and part of that is cutting out the middleman to save you a little money. Actually, that's a lot of money, because Casper mattresses come in twin to California King, and they start at just $500. If you are in the market for a new mattress, why not consider Casper? Casper offers a risk-free 100-night trial. If you don't like it, Casper will send a courier over to pick it up and dispose of it, and you'll get a complete refund as if nothing ever happened at all. That's 100 nights to try a Casper mattress for nothing, essentially, if you, if you don't like it. But, if you want to save even more money, on a mattress, you can go to caspertrial.com slash laser time and get 50 bucks towards any new mattress. Thank you, Casper. Do you like shows like Laser Time, Vigigame Apocalypse, and 302010? Then you should know these shows are almost entirely listener-supported through patreon.com slash laser time. For as little as five bucks a month, you can make sure all Laser Time shows keep going and get weekly, exclusive, uncensored, and commercial-free bonus show, Bonus Time, in return. Here's a taste. The thing I asked you guys to notice about me, which you still have not, last guess last guess. Uh, oh, it's not the teeth thing? It's not the teeth thing. Uh, shaving? It's why everything's different. I probably seem a little weird. Not shaving. Uh, eating It's not what, what you're looking at me. It's not something that's on me. It's something that I haven't done. Eat, eaten? Because well, I didn't get to eat. Yeah. I didn't bring you keep uh, that. No. <laughs> yeah. Are you uh, wearing a diaper? No. <laughs> oh. What, I, what, do, what am I not doing? What have I not done? Vaping. Oh, you're not vaping. Whoa. Wait I, a minute. I well, That's right. You were vaping yesterday. Through, noble, per, through no noble means, I uh. dropped it this morning at 6 a.m. Oh, I see it in pieces here. Every moment from here on out is the longest I've ever been without <laughs> it. Boy, um, with the stress of a trip and these teeth thing and then no vaping, I, this is not a time to quit vaping. I'm saying, well, I, I, I'm not. I gonna, wouldn't. I'm, Get your weekly bonus podcast, over a hundred movie commentaries, exclusive videos, gameplay days, and more by supporting Laser Time at patreon.com slash laser time. Number five. We keep the tribe's rituals. Otherwise, we might become like the faithless old ones. 
and turned their backs on the goddess. But their wickedness doomed them. To us were left the splendors of creation, beasts of air, water, earth, and steel. Uh, wood and fire feel very left out. I'll just say that. <laughs> He's describing 2018 where everything falls apart and dies, <laughs> and then they're left with this. Yeah, but robot dinosaurs, so mm-hmm. it's a trade That's a trade. I'll, yeah. I'll take that trade. An evil matriarchy that excludes people, I'll take that too. So this is Horizon Zero Dawn, the game Aloy! I, keep, I keep wanting to call it Verizon Zero Bars, but that's not <laughs> fair. <laughs> I always call it uh, uh, Event Horizon. That's what I, ah, I can't Event Horizon. stop calling it. I also routinely call the DLC Wildlands. So <laughs> some brand confusion happening there. Not the best branding, it seems, on this game, but a well, good game. <laughs> well, this was the one I remember when it debuted at E3 a couple years ago. And like it was playing in this like this theater where you had to get in and like you will watch three consecutive demos of mm-hmm. games. And it was this and uh, Last Guardian and Uncharted 4. And it's like, well, I mostly just want to see Last Guardian, what's new. And so... I went in, I didn't expect anything from this. I kind of want, expected to be bored and to get through quickly. And it's like, this game looks amazing. Mm-hmm. This is like the, the hunting robot dinosaurs, the open world. Like, this is everything it, that it, I like. It could be the prettiest console game I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It just might be. It's it's one of the most gorgeous. I mean, yeah, you look back at like Gorilla's work on Killzone and how mm-hmm. gorgeous those games ended up being, and like me- mechanically were sound. Uh, yeah. And then you just see like the once they take the governor off, and it's just like wow, <laughs> they really. No, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't want to. I'm just speaking for myself here, but. Uh, this is the first Gorilla game I liked. Like, I was not a Killzone fan. I was like, look, I got Halo. I don't need this. So I never really got into Killzone, and I thought that's walled Gorilla was to me were Killzone games. I didn't hmm. know they could make something that wasn't... If you told me, like, oh, they're going to make a great game that's not a first-person shooter and it's going to be gorgeous, yeah. I was like, no it's, way. It's going to uh, be like an Assassin's Creed where you hunt dinosaurs. Yeah, and it really... Of people. <laughs> yeah, it's it's such a pretty game and i i love the world of it too it's you know uh we've seen a lot of post-apocalypses in our time as gamers but this i i love the technocratic stone age like i, mm-hmm. I just love that it's it a really awesome. cool blend what was the mm-hmm. what was the name of aloy's father figure again uh roast or ross he was Rost. A, he was such a great character and like he was I, I felt like it had like a, one of the stronger starts to um just a establishing a new world yeah. and fiction. And, and I think there's there's a certain magic in games that let you play through your hero's entire life. In this case, you get to see... Like, like Assassin's Creed 2 started out Ezio as a baby, mm-hmm. then as a teenager, then as a man. And this is sort of similar in that, like, yeah, you see Aloy first as a baby. You don't know her origins for, like, 90% of the game. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, like, a big mystery, and I will not spoil them here. But... You get to play as her as a little girl, and then you're kind of like, yeah, you're you're now a teenager, and you're competent as a hunter. You've been trained in the wildlands in ways that uh, nobody else from your tribe has been, mm. and so they all scoff at you when you go to run in the proving, but then you win, and I don't get the trophy because there was a bug at the time. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, so Aloy, while she's exploring a ruin that she's not supposed to be in because they're forbidden, uh, finds a device from the old world called the Focus, which is basically a little Bluetooth earpiece that uh, 
explains everything about everything around her. Well, it gives you a HUD. Yes. Or, or as she explains it. How did you learn to read glyphs? And these things that you see, how do you do it? The focus. It reveals the unseen. Ah, reveals the unseen. Mm-hmm. Reveals uh, long dormant Wi-Fi signals and things yeah. like that. What I love, uh, what I love about the focus is, you know, in in a in similar games like Assassin's Creed, the explanation is while well, mm-hmm. you're in. You're in a computer game. You're in a computer simulation, so that's how you can see yeah. all this stuff. Well, also, Eagle Vision is a genetic ability that's ah, passed yes, down yeah. from descendants of the first civilization, Ooh. Henry. This all guy right. knows a lot about Assassin's Creed. <laughs> uh, and, and in the Arkham games, you're Batman. You have all yeah. this tech in your head. You've, you've it, got special lenses. And in the um, Shadow of Mordor games, you have, you, have a, you have an elf ghost in you, and he shows you stuff. But in this... Mm-hmm. You found the old technology that everyone else is too scared of to even give a chance. And you get to just seeing that introduction of... I just love that reveal of going through the place where she finds the focus and you find out this is not the past or uh, or this is Planet of the Apes, basically. Yeah, well, that uh, again, not to spoil too much, but there are two uh, kind of competing plot lines in this game. One is... What is happening in the techno Stone Age Conan the Barbarian with robot dinosaurs uh, present? Mm-hmm. And that is, to me, actually slightly less interesting than uncovering what happened to the old world, which is our world in the mm-hmm. near future, and finding out, like, what was Project Zero Dawn and uh, who, what was this, this person's role and, and why doesn't, why didn't humanity retain this information and, mm-hmm. uh, all that stuff. But finding pieces of this are really cool, like the uh, the spikes that are hidden throughout yeah. the world. A pocket shitstorm tour. Day one. Where better to start than at the end. Or where the end started, anyway. Ground zero. Where it all came crashing down. My career first. Then everything else. Mm. And I mean everything. So did he get a promotion or not? (laughs) Uh, Well, also, I really love the the acting in this in general is really good, but Mm -hmm. especially Ashley Birch as Aloy. Oh, she's fantastic. It's it's her second best role to Chloe in The Life is Strange. And also it's Enid in OKKO. And I I remember... Oh, I didn't know that was her. When Mm -hmm. When I found out this was Ashley Birch, I was floored because like the... The woman who did "Hey Ash, What You're Playing" or, yeah, t- or, t- or "Tiny <laughs> Tina," like yeah, that's, that's a far she, cry. Yeah, I mean, that's why she's on OKKO OK because the creator of the show, Ian Jones Cordy, is a big time gamer and mm. lover of like "Hey Ash," and so he was like, "Your voice is awesome. You should be Enid." And uh, I interviewed him. Listen to it on Talking Simpsons, mm-hmm. the Patreon podcast. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, but, she did. She did awesome. And yeah. some some of my favorite bits, like this, is obviously it's a big open world game. There's a lot to uncover and one of my favorite things about it is seeing how the people of this future interpret uh things from the past what sort of ritual were these vessels made for i'm convinced they were used in conjunction with each other in sets some people believe they were used for tea ceremonies others think they held sacred essences and oils for worship but i believe they were used for the solemn custom of shaving one's beard one for water one for lotion, and so on. Each fluid in its special vessel, majestically applied to the face at each stage of the rite. It must have been breathtaking. Who remembers what he's actually talking about? 
Oh man, what was it? It's coffee mugs. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, yes, they are collectibles. You have to find them. Also, the game reminded me in a really good way of Enslaved, which was a very yeah, underrated game. game. And there's a similar funny scene where uh, in Enslaved they walk by something that uh, that Monkey is just like, ah, it's useless. And it's a pile of HD televisions. Like, uh. It's just like, ah, who cares about those? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> who cares about that thing you probably paid a bunch of money for, gamer? It's really good. Uh. <laughs> but we're not even talking about like the combat in the yeah. game. It's incredible. Yeah. So I like, thought that the story was, was really great, and I loved the characters, but like... The game did really, I think, rope me in fully mechanically because I think there's like a really delicate balance in any like open world action game. And I'm thinking of stuff like, um, I think like Metal Gear Solid Five did a great job of this, where it's just like the stealth is really satisfying. You feel really encouraged to be stealthy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then you know when something you know goes upside down, you can actually really fight your way out of it capably. And both approaches are really fun. Mm-hmm. And just all the like dodging you can do the the arrow your tech arrows are badass yeah. and and also though just the planning too like there's there's lots of action games that are great but like the traps you can set mm-hmm. early or even if you like if you really mess up and you're like oh i wish i had a trap here i maybe can set this trap at the very last second and get this guy before he get this uh creature before it tramples me and mm-hmm. it is like a bioshock level of trap uh Use where yeah, you, you have yeah. like that that thing that's like a tether that like you shoot it at one point and then like the other end at another and oh, like yeah. makes mm-hmm. a tripwire. That's a good comparison. I love that tripwire. Uh, yeah. I'm like a big defender of Bioshock 2 because I think like the mm-hmm. gameplay. Bioshock 2 is now my favorite actually. It's yeah. Mechanically, absolutely, mm-hmm. I think the most fun to play in the series and mm-hmm. they're all great. But uh, yeah, the meticulous sort of like the big sister battles, like just setting up and planning for, you know, this battle to come. Uh, I thought that felt great. But it, it also just did that great thing of where... So it's a beautiful game, and I felt, like, really absolutely in that world. But then also the just, like, the video gaminess of, like, hey, you know, the tall red grass, like, that's where you're hidden. And even mm-hmm. if you look totally, like, uh, exposed, that you're totally fine. And you understand that, you know, just how the stealth kills work just felt really fluid to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. And yeah. and the, uh, the leveling system is great. Like, the way oh, you, yeah. your skills expand as the game goes on is... is it's really satisfying. I, I had a I had a great time with that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fantastic, and uh, yeah, they they expanded on it even more with uh, the release of the Frozen Wilds. I really yeah. should DLC. play that. They just attack a whole new area onto the map, and like I remember one of the the best guides that I found for like how to get to this area was like, all right, before you do anything else, refamiliarize yourself with the controls because mm. you've mm. probably been playing Assassin's Creed Origins, and <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, just, just so you know, the uh, dodge and defend buttons are opposite, uh, mm. and also uh, you can't just climb anything. You have to look for yellow markers right. that mark where you can jump on to. Retrain yourself. Yeah, there's been so mm-hmm. many like awesome open world games that getting around is Good all God. totally different between all yeah, of them. This has been an amazing year for awesome open world yeah. games. Yeah. There's so many. Also, this year, there, you know, I've read several articles that are spread a lot of doom and gloom on. Oh, are single player games over? Are they uh, but like this was a super successful game that is single player. Like it didn't. I mm-hmm. even its DLC did not add multiplayer to it. Nope. It's a solo DLC, and it was it was a big success, and it like sell and it sold a bunch of PS4s and Pros. Like it even looks better on Pro. Yeah. Did, did even you, Mario Plus Rabbids added multiplayer? Yeah, That's true. yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you guys play Frozen Wilds yet? I played a no. little bit of it. Okay, I'm. I'm really. Uh, ex- I was feeling like, oh, maybe I should check out that game before we, you know, or that that ex- that expansion before we we talk about it. 
but I'm kind of excited. Like uh, Henry, you were just talking about like pros and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm going to save it until like I think that there's a pro and like a 4K TV like somewhere in my like, mm-hmm. future, and so I'm going <laughs> to save this part of of yeah, of it, Horizon. It definitely looks really good on in 4K. Is that what you're playing on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But but going back to the Ninja Theory thing, like with Enslave, mm-hmm. like oh, if yeah. you told me that Ninja Theory had developed this game, I'd probably believe you because it has all their hallmarks. Uh, it has a lot of their strengths. Woman yeah. with red hair is like one of their big <laughs> things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and yeah, it, and uh, and just great acting and facial mm-hmm. capture too. Like oh, facial yeah. capture, this. Lance Reddick is also very good at this mm-hmm. game too. Yeah, which he's, he's he fucking rules. He's kind of your game. like the the navi in your ear and it's telling you like, no, no, don't do that. Go do this. Oh, if you do that, you're gonna waste so much time. Ah, oh, all right, fine, whatever. <laughs> I can't stop you. As far as like moments for the year, uh, I felt like so just like hunting down and taking taking down different uh, like robots and stuff mm-hmm. felt really good. And, you know, you saw, like, all over the marketing and stuff, you saw, like, the Thunderjaw. Oh, and I yeah. think, fi- like, finally getting to take that thing on and just, like, how intense that was. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it sounds like this. It's like the T-Rex from Jurassic oh, Park, kind of. Yeah. Here they come. The Thunderjaws and those things that burrow under the ground are, like, border on terrifying. Yes. And, and yeah, so many of the, the most successful hunts were, like, when you learn to use the, the shattering arrows mm. that, like, uh, they oh, blow yeah. off pieces of armor. Oh, and you man. use it on their cannons, and then you can pick up the cannons and use them against the, so the, good. the creatures. Like, that's amazing. And then it's just, like, the double satisfaction of, like, you, you shatter off the uh, the armor, and you know that you can go and pick that up and scavenge mm-hmm. for it. Like, the scavenging and, and crafting, it, it felt really good yeah. about I love the scavenging, too. And uh, last thing I'll say about this is that if you're looking forward to Death Stranding, you should probably play this because it is made by a lot of the same people who are going to be working with Kojima Productions. It runs on the same engine. So Kojima Productions, they're making the game, or like they're making Death Stranding, but mm-hmm. he's they're doing it with Gorilla using the Decima yeah. engine that ran this game. And there were Death Stranding Easter eggs. There like are. Little yeah. collectibles that you can find, and I found all of them, and I don't think they do anything. <laughs> Wait, I didn't mm. know anything about it. You can, you oh, can, yeah, like, yeah, you didn't know. There's like a, they're, they're a pair of Death socks. Stranding, yeah. Oh, yeah. But the, the items are like a pair of socks, a the, the necklace that Norman Reedus wears, and something else. And I, I think you can trade them in for something, but I'm not sure. I don't wow. remember. Did anyone sniff that out? Uh, I mean... Man, that's crazy. That's awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. What good news. But, yeah, this, this is an amazing game. I think if you own a PS4 and you don't own this and you like open-world games even a little bit, you are missing out. You need you need to get your hands on this. You need to play it. Or or if you're jaded on open world games or something yeah. like that, like it's yeah. absolutely even if you are, so it is fresh. not like it is unlike it anything else. Yeah, mm-hmm. that like uh, it's ah. Uh, Everything just comes together so perfectly mm. in this game, and you need to mm. check it out. And in a year with like that's been slim on PS4 exclusives, like this was, this they didn't need a ton more. Like mm-hmm. this was strong enough on its own, I'd say. Yeah, and I, I think I forget who it was who like uh, was doing their own game uh, or game of the year awards, and they said like best open world game late February. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Best open world game early March, uh, Zelda. <laughs> we should mention that, yeah, the one thing that hurt this game for people who had a Switch or a Wii U was that 
it came out the same week as Zelda. Like it was Tuesday and Zelda was Friday. And so it, it even, I think that's an even bigger credit to Horizon that it can still shine whilst being overshadowed by Breath of the Wild, which I did like more, I'll admit. Mm. But the Horizon is great. Well, you might be proven out when we get to perhaps the Perhaps so, list. perhaps so. <laughs> All right, well, on that note, let's move ahead to... Number four. I am thou. Thou art I. <laughs> Call upon my name. And release thy rage! It's time. Time for what? Persona! <laughs> hey, it's Hi. Henry, hey, number Henry. one Persona fan here. Mm-hmm. And, so, no. and we got Matt. Matt J. And we got Chris. Yes. You've all played this in yeah. some form. Yeah. I, I played this way longer than I thought I would. I'm probably mm-hmm. the only person here who's beat it. I beat uh, my it, PS4 but... died in the middle of like my 30 hours into it. Mm-hmm. But I, well, I... that's seriously like a third of it. No, I, I know, I know, but I discover, I didn't discover the series till the Vita with 4 Golden, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is way more interesting than I thought, and this is the most PS3 game ever, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you like old school RPGs... Man, did I really, really like the combat of everything. I yeah, love yeah. that shit. It was easy I, to disappear in that that over and over again. I love the combat of this. I love the dungeons. I think the only thing that I would complain about is the fifth dungeon, uh, the, the the space burger one, mm-hmm. goes on for so long. It's mm-hmm. been long, yeah. I almost stopped playing the game. And then I, I, I went back and powered through, and like the rest of the game is well, wonderful. Well, my problem with the space burger dungeon isn't so much that it goes on long, but it's like... They could have one less of those challenges of talking to the yeah, manager of, yeah, like, yeah. I don't have to talk to all these guys. And I, just, I just want to pause and just reflect on the seriousness of Henry with his arms folded. And like, you know, the Space Burger dungeon. Yeah, you <laughs> should have to talk to smile. the manager. Very, very but serious. But that, that's a dungeon that, like, mild spoilers, is built on, like, corporate hierarchy. And so there's, like, a bunch of robots. And you have to figure out which one of these robots is the section chief. And uh, so we can assassinate him and take his access code. And that's, but I was only mentioning that because what I love about the series, and I don't, you both, Matt and Henry, know the series way better than me, is that it's it's this serious approach to silly teenage angst mm-hmm. yeah. that I really really appreciate that acknowledges mm-hmm. fears and anger of young young people in a way that I totally remember feeling, and then manifests it in, in a game I really like, and I think this might not be a box you want to check but like if you've ever wanted to live in Tokyo no it's yeah. beautiful Persona 5 recreates Tokyo specific parts of Tokyo beautifully mm-hmm. like very realistically in a in a more realistic way than you get in other games too like even say Yakuza because the Persona 5's Tokyo is so dingy mm-hmm. it has like trash mm-hmm. around it which you're not used to seeing and though the real what I really love about the game um, story wise is that the theme is about rebelling and about a society yeah. making assumptions yeah. about yeah. people. Though, ultimately, I think the the uh, moral of the story is like, you know, it's really rebellious, following the rules. <laughs> cool. That's what's real Graffiti's cool. Get, yeah, graffiti's yeah. bad. Yeah. Go play sports. Yeah, yeah. But the most rebellious thing is law enforcement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it does, involve, it does involve, like, if you can imagine yourself as a teenager, taking down terrible adults... Mm-hmm. In the most public way possible, who don't yeah. really listen cool. to kids, who so don't to listen to kids, ways to get 20, around well, who are all frauds mm-hmm. and, and taking advantage of kids. And this too. is possibly the most 2017 wish fulfillment game ever mm-hmm. because 
this is one of those years that really makes you wish something like the Phantom Thieves were real. That mm-hmm. like, wouldn't it be great yeah. if there were terrible people above the law and you had these thieves who could change their mind and make them co- uh, confess big, to all their crimes? A big problem is that in the final act, there's a very Trumpian character in it too. This who, game who, been, to make who, who can't Japan be taken down in. no matter how much yeah, he's this, exposed. This mm-hmm. game was in development before Trump was even a psycho. <laughs> it's oh, it's yeah. been in development since the 50s. No, it's about it just Japanese. Came out. It's about Japanese politics more than anything. It is, but that's, oh, that's the thing. It makes this, this end-of-the-world gameplay element out of what aren't the biggest problems in the universe, but very colloquial and small issues in mm-hmm. this in this person's universe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I'm not through the well, game yeah. yet. When you play as a protagonist who has been framed for mm-hmm. crime and you get to see how the world treats him as mm-hmm. like, oh, you're you're on probation. Like, you're the worst of the worst. You yeah. go to hell. But I also love the characters, his support system around him, especially my favorite in the game is your uh, caretaker, Sojima. Yeah. Who, who, ta- who owns a cafe and who makes you curry for breakfast? And like he's just him, a cool dude. him starting to like me more was not something I thought I wanted to see. Mm. But as he slowly likes me more, yeah. yeah and so much of the progression of all the games are like mm. making friends with people, yeah. like building relationships, creating bonds, getting to know them better, going from a severe caretaker to curry dad, mm-hmm. and coffee dad. I, I find so I, I like you said, I'm a big fan of the Persona series. I actually have played the first two Persona games. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. I, wow. I like the series a lot, uh, and those, they're usually like wind down games for me that I kind of relax with Persona 5 is very stressful because really? you know there's all the time management stuff that's already in 3 oh, and 4 yeah. but this one you can't do dungeons in a day hmm. 3 and 4 you can do almost every dungeon yeah. like the first day they give it to you if you do it right I mean you can up to a certain point but there's always that thing where like Oh, now you have to exit out of the dungeon and go do something in well, the real world. They make you waste two yeah. extra days for the, uh-huh. your declaration to send your calling mm-hmm. card, which the game is also very Lupin, like Lupin the Third, and also Arsene Lupin, the, the books that inspire the anime Lupin. Yeah. And this in fact, your, your first persona is Arsene. It's based on Arsene Lupin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you're this guy. We're counting on you, Joker. Joker? Not a nickname? Don't refer to it in such a lame way. It's a code name. What kind of stupid phantom thief would use their real name? I'm not down for that. <laughs> so, of course, I, I named my character Joker Jokerson and played through the whole damn game <laughs> like that. <laughs> I, I also love how Ryuji, Ryuji, I talked like him all the time, like, for real? <laughs> for real? <laughs> He said that so many fucking. I times. guess that's better than Phantom Thieves. Yeah. Well, okay. Who are your guys? <laughs> who are your guys' uh, uh, waifus in the game? Mine was your teacher because she was the closest to me in age. Yeah, did it. <laughs> yeah. Me too. And, <laughs> and also, also I kind of liked that. That was f- a fucked up relationship. Fuck yeah. She's I was happily as your slave. I was like, all about the underage cat lady. You're so cool, Pam. She's gonna get fired. <laughs> like that. You can't oh, just yeah, like, do that. Now this is like some Mary Kay Letourneau shit. I love. <laughs> she even has a line of like no seriously I'm a teacher I can't fuck you and you're like no we can let's do it she's like oh, I can't say no to you like she just goes for it maybe it would have been also close to you in age as the doctor maybe I should have gone for the doctor but I'm she's just cool. not into the emo girls she like get drugs dude. it, it yeah. is where the, you're supposed to be what I, I think 17? 16 16 okay mm-hmm. so he's like a senior still not legal age but mm-hmm. like dating women in their 20s and 30s uh 
Yeah, or as young thing as I've ever heard of. Well, I'm also grossed out that you can date your sort of. Futaba's not really your sister, but she's your adopted sister. You don't know she exists for half the game. Yes, yes. Spoilers. Well, she's in the intro video, so I can't Mm. say that. But I also, yeah, uh, speaking of the history of SMT, I love the combat because they finally added a lot of the other stuff that was in SMT games that they kind of took out of Persona, specifically the bargaining and the stick ups. Oh, those those weren't like, in previous. They games. weren't in they weren't in Persona Four or Three. Like this time, you the recruiting of them worked differently. Yeah, in Persona Four, it was uh, Persona Three and Four. It's it's kind of random. It's mm-hmm. based on like a what about card the, shuffle. Thing. What about the gunship? That's in three. That's in three. Yes. Is it? Well, well evokers you, you were in three, yeah, but you not... You shoot yourself in the head. You don't use them in Oh, combat. but using guns. Not mean, like, sticking using them guns up. I, I lo- in terms of a grindy RPG that, like... I, especially one where you have an expiration date. There's no refilling your shit. You have to go to sleep mm-hmm. and it'll refill mm-hmm. it. Then they give you a gun. It's like a run option where you still get XP. That's a Mega Ten thing. So, Shumagami Tensei have had guns mm-hmm. pretty much in all of them, right? I think yeah. so, in all the mainline games. Uh, but Persona, usually you don't have mm. any weapon. You'll have, like, a... Like a stick or a sword. I just, or I just, sword I just love it. Like I don't want to fuck around with this battle. I don't need anything from this person, this persona. I don't want. There's no bargaining. Kill. I mm. I love the way that the guns are explained though. Because oh, it's great. In, in gunphobic Japan, it's like they're not real guns. They're, it's a they're store. Guns. It's a store that looks just like an American yeah. gun store, but only sells replicas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's what gun nuts in Japan have. That's what they go to. And uh, there, there's like whole it. military subcultures where like they run around with airsoft rifles and mm. pretend to shoot each other. But if I know anything about Japan, there's no hobby that's taboo. So and I the more realistic <laughs> the gun looks in the real world, the more powerful yes. it is in. Uh, in mementos mm-hmm. the fresh maker but like <laughs> but i i like Whoa. also that like that that gun store owner is like being investigated yeah. by cops like you're selling your your replica guns are too realistic i, I love these like no why would you think that even though i'm wearing fatigues at, at the middle of the night in tokyo there's no orange tip on the end of this one <laughs> yeah. yeah i i also really love the arcs of most of the characters i really like morgana mona's mm. arc he mm. really goes through some stuff and the the only negative I'd say of the game is I think it's twenty hours too long that they could have like there's a couple of things of like this mega twist you really this was too convoluted by half there's bonafide bonafide yeah there's a big twist at about eighty hours in that's just like you need to talk to like eight people to really understand I'm like wait how did you do this how did this twist happen. But I really like the framing device of the flash forward to keep flashing back into time while you're being interrogated. Mm. And uh, and your rival in the game, too, Akechi, is really interesting. I like him a lot. Yeah, and, good characters yeah. in the game. I, yeah. I wasn't quite as taken with the characters as in 4. 4, those are my friends for life. The yeah. guys in 5, I'm like, you're cool. Yeah, you're cool. Mm-hmm. You're cool. We'll hang out, yeah, every, but I'm like, these are my real bros. Every time Akechi showed up, like, internally, I'm like... You- scum-ass, nosy-ass, fucking detective <laughs> asshole. And then, like, I'm always polite to him. Like, I, I, you have the option like, say, get the fuck out of here. Get out mm. of my store. And, like, I just, I'll just be nice. No, mm. no suspicion here. You're the one being suspicious of Ketchy, not me. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's, it's my... I'd say thanks to the gameplay. I think the gameplay stuff put it over the edge is my favorite persona because I can't go. Mm. I'd have trouble going mm. back to three and four mm-hmm. without the gameplay improvements that five has. Even though I, I actually kind of like the randomly dungeon, uh, randomly generated dungeons over the more directed dungeons of a five. I like the the battle systems and stuff a whole lot. Uh, once you get into them, the running around the dungeons, uh, I have uh, some issues with. I think that the sticking to wall stuff is just a real pain in the butt. Like, I, I love the, the feeling of finally yeah. of like 
catching up uh, behind a dude and unmasking him. Though. When you do I it, like, but like just for mm-hmm. some reason the stealth and the camera angles and all that stuff, just like my brain can't click with it. It's it PS One era stealth. It's like it really rudiment. is. Yeah. It's tertiary. Well, it's the game's first. It's the series first stealth. So they're they yeah. they're, they're very impressed with themselves. I, there's some people who are going to play this game who think we're crazy because <laughs> it, it it looks it looks almost two generations old. Well, they worked on it for a very yeah, long time. I mean, I'm not much of a I'm not much of a JRPG fan. Mm-hmm. I'm not much of a Persona fan, and I loved this. I'm mm-hmm. a JRPG fan, but I, this is my the first Persona I've sunk dozens of hours into. Mm-hmm. And also, mm-hmm. the soundtrack by Sh- Shoji Megami is awesome. the best. So we described yeah. it on the show. Somebody told us the instrument, but I only had Sesame Street to compare it to. It's like a street mm-hmm. organ, I think. Yeah, it's like it's some seven some something that died out in the '70s, but that they combine with modern influences, and I really like it. I will uh, when I when I live places where I own a car. Mm-hmm. I will bump the ten different Persona soundtracks I own. And like mm-hmm. when you pull up next to someone in traffic, you just kind of like want to roll that window up for a second. Chris, for I, real? <laughs> I got your music. There it is. Yeah. And it did create the single best Simpson shit post of the year with <laughs> Mo, someone dissing Moe's Fly Girl. Also, the menus in this game are some of the greatest menus oh, yeah. of all time. Yeah. I actually yeah. still like fours better. I don't know why I like their menus so much better. Yellow. Yellow is just a it's nicer the, color to stare But that rainbow hours. that unfolds every time you hit pause yeah. is gorgeous. Uh, that pers- mm-hmm. that, uh, that Simpson shitpost, mm-hmm. the first time I realized he fires three shots out mm-hmm. of that two mm-hmm. barrel <laughs> shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> yep, indeed uh, he does. There's a lot of that in this game. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like a lot of weapons with automatic fire that probably shouldn't have it, but who cares? Because yeah. it's fun to hammer on this button and like... Like, especially when you got a weak enemy. Like, the, just finding the weak spots in the enemies during combat mm. was so weirdly satisfying. And, yeah. and like, I, I that's pretty much all I did. It was like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not going to go toe-to-toe to you and just, like, expend a bunch of attacks. I'm going to find your weakness. I'm going to hammer that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make you surrender. And then I'm going to do the all-out attack where <laughs> everyone just charges in at once and fucks them up. And well, then you get that cool-ass victory screen. Also, as an SMT fan, I like that they reward your memorization because there are recurring characters. Like in all RPGs, the bestiaries kind of repeat. And so their weaknesses come over from the games. And so when, like, a vial shows up, I'm like, ooh, you're weak to just regular physical attack. Alright, time to hit you with it. Boom! Yeah, Mega Ten's not... It's not like Pokemon where, like, it's super effective. It's more like rock, paper, scissors. Like, yeah, when you yeah, get yeah, yeah. them... When you get that weakness, it's a headshot. They get knocked down and then everybody attacks them. I actually, uh, when I... I love JRPGs, but I don't like doing boss fights again and again, so I will just mm-hmm. look at a wiki and see what their thing is and then build my team for that and then go through, because then I only spend 80 hours instead of 150 hours. Yeah, mm. there you go. That's mm. the That's like the most I ever cheat in a game. <laughs> So, Persona 5, genuinely wonderful game uh, in our top five, but uh, is it as good as... Number three. I don't usually get a partner. It's kind of fun. Emotions are prohibited. (laughs) Sorry, ma'am. And another thing. Stop calling me ma'am. Huh? It's unnecessary. All right, then. To be it is. What's this game, Grover? Hello, there. This is your old pal, Grover. Mm -hmm. And today... I'm going to talk to you about Nier. Nier Automata, he was about to say. <laughs> Thank Automata. you for indulging me in this uh, <laughs> ridiculous joke. So who's, who's joining us for this segment? Uh, this is uh, 2B. 2B? Stands for Brett. Ah. I was going to say, like, you know, your, your last name isn't starting with a B. It's, it's Elston. Mm. 2E is also a designation from this game. Uh-huh. That's what, uh, mm. how, how spoiler were you getting? Uh, moderately Moderate. spoilery, like maybe yeah. f- maybe up to first ending spoilery. Maybe maybe into like what happens after first ending spoilery, but right. mm. not that spoilery. Well, it's Brett. I'll just, I'll yeah. just leave it at that. Yeah, so Brett and 
Hey, it's Bob Mackie. I'm a robot wearing a thong, but it, I'm very deep. <laughs> you know, I'm also a robot wearing a thong, and I was like, you know, I'm embarrassed to wear this because I don't know if anybody else is going to, but mm. I'm glad we can stand here in solidarity <laughs> with each other today. You are our ultimate weapon, and you must put an end to this war. Understood, sir. I wish you good hunting. Glory to mankind. Glory to mankind. Glory to mankind. And it's robot thongs. And of course, last but not least, I sorry. am Matt J. I think I'm the only one here who has not finished this game. I've, I've played quite a bit of it, and How, I don't mind spoilers. Wait, have you finished it the first time? I ate a mackerel, and it killed me. That oh. gave me my only ending I've gotten yeah. so far. Let's say a lot of the endings. Uh, if so, I played this game for seventy-two hours, I think, and I was devoted to getting all of the endings. And I found out like a lot of them are just jokes. Yeah, where mm-hmm. they oh, tell yeah. you go go there immediately, and you don't. It'll be like uh, Tubi decided to go fishing. Let's say, and then the world ended. At the end, mm-hmm. like it, you just get like a funny little yeah. sentence. Uninstall or, or your you, CPU. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's like one of the ways you can die is to sure. remove one of your equipped items that keeps you alive. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like you have a equipment slot that is basically like a motherboard. And you yeah. just tinker with it to give yourself different abilities. And if you just remove your core routines, it's like, and you died because why? What? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's like like I cut my heart out. You took like, your CPU out. What yeah. the hell were you thinking? Uh, but this was this is my personal number two game of the year. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically yeah. Imagine an open world Devil May Cry God of War style mm-hmm. game that's not quite as, especially from the Devil May Cry front, not quite as demanding on like the intense juggly combos strings, mm-hmm. but still has that there for you, and then combines it with like with your pod that follows you around, like shooter and even bullet hell stuff, and you combine all this stuff into like this open world where you have missions that you go on and backtrack a lot, and then weave into this super bizarre story of humanity may or may not be gone. Androids have been fighting aliens for years, but no one's yeah. seen the aliens. And, and yeah. we, they just fight their proxies who are called the machines, the machines. even though they're basically, when you get right down to it, indistinguishable from the androids, yeah. except that they look different. Yeah. Uh, and seem vaguely more menacing or, but yeah, it's like, it, yeah. it ends up yeah. becoming this like endless cycle of war. And mm-hmm. the, the thing I think that, you know, cut through that everyone, even listening to this, that you've heard is, oh, near, you gotta beat it five times, and I'm doing the air quotes. Mm-hmm. And that's true in that there's, a, there's endings for every letter of the alphabet, mm-hmm. uh, but five of them are the real ones. Yeah. And yes. then, yeah, the first one takes like a good 20, I think, because you're kind of figuring out how do I play this game? Around the thing is, time. if you say you got to beat it five times, it makes it sound like you'll be playing the same mm-hmm. game five times, yes. yeah. which yeah, exactly. you will not. It is actually yeah, yeah. a very long game with five false endings. Well, yeah. four false endings, one true one. The yep. messaging is very weird within the game because when you beat it the first time, it sort of gently nudges you like, hey, why, why not try it again? You know, Why not mm-hmm. try a new game plus? It should, it should tell you, no, play it again for a very different experience. Yeah. It does not let you know that. And I worked well, with somebody who just beat the game once <laughs> yeah. and was like, well, that wasn't much. I was like, did you did you play it again? He's like, no. I was like, it's a different game. Play it again. I mean, <laughs> vague spoilers. I won't spoil anything I was about trying to be vague, sorry. the plot. But uh, the first time you play through... It is the game that you you think of when you think of near Automata. You're playing as 2B, slashing up fools. Second time through, you're playing as a different character. Same story. Third time through is actually a new story after the the first and second playthroughs. Mm -hmm. And then the uh, third, fourth, and fifth endings are just basically alternate endings you can get for that playthrough. And without spoiling anything... So uh, you actually have to play through it three times. Right. And the second character you play as, the way you encounter enemies is very, very different than what you do with the first character. Yeah, it sounds a lot like this, actually. If you 
Get him. Get him. Yeah. Uh, transitions yeah. from Devil May Cry style <laughs> play uh, combat to like asteroids. Yeah. Like a PS3 early digital download yeah, like game t- pretty much. Twin yeah. stick shooter kind of. But yeah. what, uh, what Brett said I think is, uh, is very important that this game gives you so many different ways to fight and play. Like half the time I just shoot with my little robot guy and mm. I just kind of hang back and I let them like run mm-hmm. at me and then oh, they yeah. get shot and, by the end of that. And all the customization chips you get, like I spent a lot of time just like tinkering with that. Like these effects will stack and then as you... I forget how it works, but you like is it by leveling up or whatever like gives you more you make more, more RAM to work with basically, mm-hmm. and then like yeah. you can level up the chips, but they take up more memory. Yeah, um, but you can like move these things around and have different like loadouts for like, hey, this is an area where I might want to equip this completely different set of routines or whatever. I'm trying to remember how it is that you get more space because I think I made it through like most of the game the first time without upgrading the, the data storage space at all. You right. go to a guy. Yeah. You go to a guy and he yeah. just does it for That's you. That's right. Yeah. You have, to, you have to buy the upgrades. It's super granular in that each element of the UI is its own chip in your system. Mm. So if, you don't, oh, if yeah. you don't care about seeing your health, you can take that chip out and have you know presumably more room mm-hmm. for another chip that will help mm-hmm. you in a different way. Yeah. And, and yeah, you can also boost your health through yeah. this. Or... Yeah. It was just so... Like, uh, the first... It was one of those games where I kept hearing all these great things. And then as I'm playing, I'm like, yeah, it's it's gorgeous animations are beautiful the music is insane oh, just the, so the, the depth and range of the soundtrack is like yeah this is kind of a soundtrack of the year contender for sure mm-hmm. it's and, like a ps1 game where like every, like a ps1 rpg where it's like allowed to be massive oh yeah, yeah but and like everywhere it can be so different that you kind of kind of i think rpgs have kind of lost that for a long time yeah it's certainly very like moving and sucks you in and they do so much great like world building in between the line stuff as a lot of RPGs have to do these days where you've got to pad a lot of stuff so like we're not going to literally tell you every part of the story but even though there is a through line for the plot that you do follow there's a lot of just assumptions you can make about why things are where they are and why Mm -hmm. this building's collapsed and why this thing is here instead of somewhere else Uh, there's a little bit of that going on but by the time I was in my like third and fourth time through quote unquote you know getting these second and third endings uh, it, it the gravity of the whole thing just started to hit me where I'm mm-hmm. like the first couple times I'm like yeah this is really good but like I'm not getting blown away like where I'm just floored like everyone says and then by the time I got to the end the the final one where all the plot events have really started to lead to this conclusion and then you have this final battle the final battle like kind of threw me for a loop there's a point where it's like switching perspectives and it was like doing so seamlessly and all these characters mm-hmm. that I've kind of worked with are at this big climax together and the goal they're after is like really weird and then the final credit roll which I would love to talk to uh, oh, talk God. about and spoil but this game left me staring at the screen like legit stunned and I didn't <laughs> know what to do because the game asks you a question mm-hmm. and this question like stops you in your tracks and then has this profound revelation <laughs> for what you just did and you're like oh my god and I had to stop, and I just, like, looked around on the internet and started tweeting, like, guys, uh, so I'm about to beat near, and I see people are replying back, like, did you do it? <laughs> and, and I'm like, I can't That's decide! Great. And it was yeah. just, I've never had a game so mess with you in that way. Like, I've never, and maybe it's happened before, but, like, I've never had, like, kind of the next level of Metal Gear Solid messing with you, fourth wall breaky stuff, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, you have a memory card with stuff on it, Ugh. Like, that level of, of messing with you, which apparently, I don't know, it really threw me for a loop. And that's what yeah. really, like, clinched it, where I'm like, 
damn, that is video games as a medium. Like, a movie can't do that. A book can't really do that. This exact kind of interaction can't happen somewhere else. That's a video game. And as a storytelling device, A+. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I dutifully did all the side quests because they're just a series of super existentialist uh, short stories almost that never... Well, they sometimes pay off in a satisfying way, but they often are very depressing at the end. Mm. I mean, this sounds like uh, Philosophy 101, but it's like I don't see a game uh, ask these questions like, what is existence? What are memories? What is the value of of being? And uh, things like this. I mean, it sounds really corny me saying this, but the way the game interprets these themes is very Mm. interesting. Yeah, Yeah, like a tweet that I saw somebody saying like, David Cage, can a robot learn to be human? <laughs> Yoko Taro, the director of Near Automata, can a human? <laughs> David Cage, what do you mean? Can a human learn to be human? <laughs> yeah, I mean the the village of pacifist robots moved me in a way that any more than any David Cage moment has ever moved me. Yeah. I love that that village. It's so great. Oh, I've got Some of the best moments in the game. The song they sing. Yeah. To be, we can't trust anything the machines say. I understand that you see us as the enemy, but. That song, that whole town is yeah. so cute. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I I love that like your enemies are just basically these very simplistic yeah. like 1950s trash can robots. Yeah, I'm literally gonna say trash robots. Yeah, <laughs> they're <laughs> they, all gonk droids. They yeah. develop uh, such they, like they have distinct personalities, and a lot of it is that like they are fascinated by humans, which they were sent to exterminate supposedly, mm. and uh, they they want to be like humans they want to act like humans to the point where uh their leader is completely fixated i or we machine life forms i suppose have a keen interest in humanity love family religion war the more human records i unearth the more charmed i am by their complexity that's one of the villains. Is yeah. that Adam, Adam and Eve? Eve. Yeah. yeah, and they're they're they they are such like. I mean, it's in a good way, <laughs> like PS2 villain. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> I think I just keep getting reminded of like DMC3 Dante. Yeah, and I'm like, it's like he's just shirtless and like super ripped and yeah. shown in. Like, style yeah and just, villains. i'm like nice mm-hmm. i'm into this like are you actually reading yeah. that book no but this is what humans did so i'm doing it <laughs> yeah it's just interesting there's a lot of like weird it's like yeah. a scene where they're both eating at a table somewhere and you're like are they really eating at a table or it's just like mm. holodeck stuff where they're imagining themselves <laughs> eating at a table and then the uh oh, this the, thing, the yeah. machines get even more twisted and have loftier ambitions over time all of you shall become as gods Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the, they basically get obsessed with the idea of cults and religion, yeah. and then just like, hey, if we all kill ourselves together, yeah. become as gods, become as gods. Yeah, ah, ter- it's a it's a horrifying sequence, mm-hmm. and uh, it kind of echoes something that happens much earlier in the game when you find a bevy of. Uh, oh, yeah. Machines underground, like acting like, very crude imitations of humans, like rocking one in, in a crib, going like "child, child." Yeah, <laughs> it, uh, it it you you beat up on a bunch of them, and they're completely defenseless. They're not really fighting back, but then this happens. Yeah. 
and they form into a giant ball that then uh, births this robot. And the, the This Cannot Continue becomes, it just kind of bleeds seamlessly into the soundtrack and becomes mm-hmm. part of the song that plays. The soundtrack is incredible. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Yeah. Almost every time a game like this comes out and people are like, no, this game has like real themes and real ideas and stuff, you play it and you're like, all right, well, I've read like more than two books, so I've seen a lot of these ideas, but this game is like the real example of that and mm. it's so rare to have that come out of like a game story yeah. especially one that's like like you said it's like here's a nightgown a, yeah. a, a <laughs> super lingerie. hot android yeah. in lingerie mm-hmm. kicking mm-hmm. ass and, yeah. uh, in high heels and it's like this is a billion percent my jam yeah. and she comes <laughs> from a huge organization of high-heeled robots kicking ass mm-hmm. uh, but i mean sign full, me up full confession like i Got to the the very end. Got the the five main endings, mm. and it still has not fully clicked for me that like oh, really? this, seeing this as a masterpiece. So I'm glad that you're here to give <laughs> that perspective because it. I do feel more enthusiastic about it hearing you talk about it. And mm. like, yeah, like th- there is a lot of depth here, obviously, and revisiting it is a lot of fun. I think maybe it was built up a little too much on social media for sure. me, like all these people saying how incredible it is. It's like. Eh, it's not quite there, but mm. it's really, really good. It did take me up until like maybe the last like ten hours of yeah, like a seventy hour, fifty, sixty mm-hmm. hour experience. But I will say it's just like I'm trying to play more games that I mean, I don't know. This year at least it was games that I felt did something really different mm-hmm. and this is one that I'm really glad I did because I can't even compare it like it it, it the nearest one is like, Oh, it's like an open world DMC but and the butt that follows is like super unique, mm-hmm. and I can't really classify like, like liken it to another game. The experience, the overall experience when you walk away is like, well, even if I didn't love it, ah, uh, that was one of a kind. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you compare it to the first near maybe, but even that's like not one to one. I mean, yeah. you know, easily belongs in top ten this year. Sure, mm-hmm. but yeah, I kept waiting for it to be like this big transcendental thing. Mm. Uh, Well, hey, I wanted to add something, too. Oh, please. But the thing I want to say about this is that after the last three years of Platinum making Legend of Korra games, Transformers, Mm. uh, Ninja Turtles, like this was the return of Platinum, which their next game is going to be Bayonetta 3. This feels like, oh, Platinum's back. I was worried. I was worried that Platinum had fallen off the track. But so, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And like the (sighs) Platinum's influence, like if you've played the original Nier like it was nowhere near as polished it's, or as interesting as this. Like it, I couldn't really make it through it, and I like the ideas in that game. But yeah. uh, this is like the ambition is realized, and I think it's Platinum's best game. And I love wow. Bayonetta too. I think this is their best and most yeah. ambitious game. And it, it's also interesting that like I thought playing it like this has no real connection with Nier, right? And it's like it is. You just have to have finished Nier to know what that connection is. So I will say there is no shame in once you finished uh, Nier Automata just looking up the Wikipedia synopsis of what happened in the first year. Mm. Uh, if you can't find a copy or you just don't want to go back and play it because mm. it's, it's okay. It's on PS3. You got to dig your PS3 out. Yeah. But, uh, one 360, the mm. last point that I, I want to make about this game is, uh, it can be intimidating to have someone tell you like, you got to play it five times and mm-hmm. it is, it is, you know, long yeah. already. Um, but the game really respects your time. Where when it says, like, hey, go here and do this, it tells you where that is. It's yeah. not like a lot of RPGs where it's like, hey, go to... Remember that desert you went to 17 hours ago? And you're like, that was one of, like, seven deserts. I don't remember that. It mm-hmm. tells you on the map, like, here's mm-hmm. the spot. Sometimes it's a big red spot you have to explore. Yeah. But it tells you, like, 
go here and do this thing, and it'll only take you a little while. Yeah. Yeah. And they but, unlock fast travel fairly soon. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty quick. It's not right away, but... It's within it, the first few it's, hours. It's yeah. also worth noting, uh, any side quests that you finish, stay finished through subsequent playthroughs. Yeah, like, you don't true. have to go oh. through back and do that that's again. Yeah. Uh, although, yeah, really and, and if you, if you like, certain t- side quests have narrow windows in which you have to do them. If you miss it, you will get a second chance the yeah. second time around. And it is really worth stressing, like, those first two playthroughs are like the same point in the story from different perspectives, but after that, you really are moving the yeah. moving the it plot is forward. Completely not, new territory. Yeah. After that. So it's like, yeah, it, it just just think of it as a fifty-hour action game uh, with a lot of weird story. Yeah. Implications. Yeah. Absolutely. And and yes, don't be fooled into thinking you finished it when you finished it once. Mm-hmm. You've only completed a third of the game. Uh, anyway, let's move on to. What game is this? Uh, let's do the Odyssey, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Super Mario Odyssey. <laughs> she can yell too. Come on, that was a good Mario. That was good. That was good. Yeah, I, mean, that was, I didn't want to get in the good. way of that. that. Yes, thank you. I wanted compliments. So thank <laughs> you. Uh, Bravo! You get a moon. Mm-hmm. Woohoo! Okay. <laughs> Mario, can I, can, I, can I start off this conversation with the only downfall I've had with Mario Odyssey so far? Sure. Oh, but by the way, uh, who's who's joining us for this? But first off, we have Chris. Uh, joining us remotely because we're recording these uh, in different order. And uh, hi, Michael. It's a real mess out here on the internet. It's, <laughs> there's a great big pile up. Tickle me Elmo's lying everywhere. I'm, I'm bad at improv. <laughs> um, You're reporting on the Florida hurricanes for us. Yes, I am. In my my father's office which contains nothing but duck calls and issues of PSM that with articles I've written. And leaves <laughs> on the seat. And leaves. I proved it. Leaves I on the dirty them. ground there, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. But yeah. what about Mario, Chris? The only downside, and this because of the first remote call I think I've ever done in the studio, uh-huh. and the the only bad thing, the I think I left the studio in such disarray mm-hmm. because I had to switch out. I don't buy cartridges anymore or physical games, but I bought physical Mario. I told that dumb story physical zelda and i wanted to play the zelda dlc uh while i was away have you i have lost my first switch game oh no no. the boxes are quite small and easy to miss the boxes are small already and if the cartridge gets loose you're fucked so i tossed that whole office you're sitting in and i apologize because i left that place fucking built the same (laughs) it's it's fine i I see dave under noticed i thought i saw dave under a pile of bam boxes (laughs) it's been here this whole time that's a porg. <laughs> Those are supposed to be Henry's band boxes. Take them all. Hey, all right. Uh, but Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah, well, who else is talking? Hey, it's Henry okay. Gilbert, Mario super fan. Hey, it's Bob Mackey. Matt J, lapsed Mario fan, back on board. And, of course, Michael. But, uh, yeah, Super Mario Odyssey. Sorry, Hank, I keep derailing you. It's a really good game. It's uh, it is the return to open worldness uh, that Super Mario uh, had kind of walked away from quite yeah. a bit since Sunshine, and this is everything Sunshine should have been and more. And <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just mm-hmm. a lovely, lovely game that also is. Uh, I'm going to steal this before Bob can say yeah, it, but <laughs> like in Zelda, it's Mari, it's Nintendo being proud to be a game again instead of trying to soften the edges for the for more casual players not to not to make this about hardcore versus casual well i will but, say you might think mario 
for children, but you're wrong. It's for men pushing 40. Yes. Because this game celebrates everything Mario has done, and I'm old enough to have seen it all, baby. Yeah. Except for Donkey Kong. <laughs> Throwing out his back, growing his first mustache. <laughs> so, much, so much ear hair. And as, uh, speaking on behalf of someone who has... I'm hundred percented the game. Uh-huh. Uh, you're welcome. I, I I'm not a sunshine hater, but I remember like I w- I had it with the amount of fetch like the item quest, the banjo kazooie ish purple coin horse shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. I hated that stuff. And now it's um, all just uh, I'm blanking. Power moons. Power yeah. moons. Yeah. And it's basically like, have you thrown your hat on everything yet? How I have never. Ever, ever put 100 hours into a Mario game without repeating myself? Hmm. But this, like, one, you're all... yeah. But th- this is this is like a facet of open world game design that I, I like a lot, and it kind of um, it, for me it, it harkens back a little bit to like finding feathers in Assassin's Creed 2, where it's like, hey, there are all these things scattered around. You have a general idea of where they are, mm-hmm. but then actually getting them and figuring out what you're supposed to do to get them is like a huge part of the challenge and the fun. Yeah, it's its that. own puzzle to get mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. There's like a puzzle and then figuring out what to do and then doing it. When you look at every corner of an area you've been to before, even, you're just like, well, I didn't do something here, and this looks like they wouldn't just waste this space. They must have done... Like, mm-hmm. it, like I just love that I kept discovering things, even... I'm not just talking about, like, the post-credits uh, extra moons you open up in stages, but, like, when I returned to the desert world, that was the first time I rode a Jaguar. Like, I never did the oh, yeah, Jaguar did. riding oh, really? until oh, I got right. back there the second time. Until nope. but, and, like, and spent spent at least a good forty minutes trying to get a moon, you get in like four seconds with the jaguar. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. that's exactly what happened to me too. I was like, "How the fuck do I get this moon? This is all poison." Oh, I can ride these <laughs> oh, things. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. These things yeah, you constantly. See that? Did you see that thing that's smiling at you and you haven't forced to wear your hat yet? Uh, yeah. Try trying not to careen off a cliff, but get very close <laughs> to that. Mm. You'll hear me say this in months from now on a Retronauts, but I me feel too. like Mario Odyssey and Zelda are really overlapping, especially the most yep. recent mm-hmm. Zelda, in yeah. that it is a game uh, built around large areas with lots of tiny challenges and tiny rewards, so you're always motivated to go on to the next thing. You're not stuck doing one thing for 20 minutes unless it's a really hard thing that I, I refuse to do in mm-hmm. Mario Odyssey. Well, And I love the Galaxy games, but... It's so opposite of the Galaxy games. Like, in Galaxy 2, it was always like, well, if you're going to this galaxy, this is the one thing you have to do in this section. And yep. and the 3D land and world even made it more clear. Like, these are 2D-style Mario stages now in three dimensions. While this one was just like, this is a playground again. Just find what you're yeah. going to find. And if you can get 12, get out of here. Yeah. Or, or even worse, here's a bullshit costume Mario has mm-hmm. to wear that we designed yep. a dumb level around. I'm talking yep. to you, spring suit. <laughs> or Man, here's a stupid. badass T-Rex. Yes. Had to get the chomps in there. <laughs> I want to blow your mind further by putting out that Mario is also now a Kirby game. That Mario yeah. can ah. steal abilities yeah. from other enemies. Kirby can just die now. Mario took over yeah. his <laughs> no. throne. Don't tell Kirby to die. That reminds me that uh, I saw a funny picture on the on the internet of uh, if Yoshi if 
If Kirby is wearing a hat and has a mustache but his eyes are blue, he's been taken over by Mario. If so, he has shit. his normal Kirby eyes, then he ate Mario. Now we know which one to shoot. I was very surprised by... I did not think that Nintendo could surprise me as much as they have with Mario Odyssey after Zelda. That both of these games, they gave us this playground to not only that, but encourage us to break both of these games. Yes. That's like the opposite of Nintendo. Like that when you do your jumping just right and you get to a place like, I'm not supposed to be up here. Oh, there's a thousand coins up here. I guess yeah. they wanted me to figure this yeah, out. Yeah, you were supposed to get up here. Or they if figured you it figured out. it out, they're like, well, we're not going to punish you. We're not going to put up an... In- just like in Zelda. We're not putting up an invisible wall to punish you for trying to do something. Yeah. Here's a reward for it. If you did... Hey, you beat this. However you beat it, cool with us. Like, I'm, I'm really full of crackpot theories today, but I, I want to <laughs> say that I think Minecraft taught Nintendo a lot about yeah. the <laughs> kind of games people want, <laughs> and that they don't necessarily oh, do you mean need the rules best-selling or explanations. <laughs> yes, yeah, the best... The best-selling games they finally learned from Yeah, them. and yes. like this year it was PUBG, which has no rules, no... Expl- I mean, there are rules, but they don't explain anything, and you just like, figure it out. Mm-hmm. And it sold mm-hmm. like 30 million copies, and it's not even finished yet, so... They're really learning about what people want now, and I think and, that's great. Yeah, yeah, we made it onto our here, list because we're hacks. <laughs> Here's a couple things. The three things I noticed in the last couple of days and that have been really cool to point out why the game is great. Uh, one, holy shit, I took the game of the year with me instead of my PS4 this year. I took my Switch, which is easy as fuck. Uh, mm-hmm. I showed it to my father, and my father saw Mario throw a hat on a dinosaur, and his jaw dropped, and he doesn't care about video games. <laughs> it was beautiful to see. Uh, nice. And two... And this is for for both Zelda and Mario. I think Nintendo showed the world once again they don't know how to make games. Yeah, they've all been doing it wrong. Hmm. Uh, I was I'm not going to name names, but I'm playing other games, hmm. and it's like your abilities are tagged to like X and Y, and like this slash button does this, hit slash twice, and then hit heavy with heavy and do a combo. And this was just like here's a giant fucking moveset you do with two buttons and one one hat and it's it's actually pretty hard to go back in and relearn that after a week you it's an enormous moveset mm-hmm. and as yeah. far as previous mm-hmm. marios i know henry and i have talked about that there's like a baby level and then there's like this hardcore mario you know how to play games thing i think they hid the hardcore nature of mario behind the abilities because when you learn you learn all those abilities and you can change shit together you will be way better at that thing you'll never be frustrated by a koopa race You'll never find a moon out of your reach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really the, cool. The Mario games, the 3D Mario games have always given you every move at the start, but this yep. added like three new moves to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're essentially there are three action buttons, but uh, using them in tandem with each other in the control pad, you can do a lot of amazing things that aren't evident immediately. My favorite thing to do is to when you when you roll Mario into a ball, if you pump the button rhythmically, you can make him like keep moving perpetually at the same speed. So he's now a better Sonic the Hedgehog than Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> I didn't know this. Yes, you can now roll. You just roll yeah. around like a Goron in That's a Mario amazing. game. Yeah, yeah, the two action I buttons. Did, one of them makes him jump and do like a wahoo, and he does keep rolling, and the other one just moves. Go, huh, 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 yeah, huh. if you do it, yeah, you, know, you actually you get know yellow a, sparks. A ground slam, too. a ground slam, pam, a ground slam pound into roll that spits you off really fast in a direction while rolling. Mm-hmm. You can also ground because, pound into a because higher I jump. didn't until seventy hours in. <laughs> well, that's also what I love about this game, and it's really hard to talk about this game without talking about Zelda because I feel like they're two sides of the same coin, man. But but this also has the kind of childlike feeling I had with Zelda of just talking with friends. Like, did you know you could do this? No, like no, that doesn't exist in the in- that I thought that didn't yeah. exist in the internet age anymore. I know? think I hit sixty hours of Breath of the Wild before I realized that shield surfing was a thing I could always do, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. and I was like, I could always yeah. do this. Someone just had to tell me about it. Well, yeah. And the the amount of experimentation you could do. 
have you guys watched the video from VG Myths? Can you beat Super Mario Odyssey without jumping? Yeah, I have mm. seen that. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I did it. So, short version is that at the end of the game, I guess tiny spoilers, you talk to Toadette and they will give you a list of achievements, which includes counting every time you jumped. So the guy's like, okay, how do I get a no jump thing? He's like, well, what it counts as a jump is when you press A and Mario jumps. So if you do the dive at the hat... That mm-hmm. is a jump, but it doesn't uh, count as a jump. Uh, he found all these things that don't count as a jump. And he w- gets to the end of the game. He's like, okay, uh, that should be a zero counter. And it's like 75. He's like, what the fuck did I do? And he found out that the game counts every chat as a jump. And so he's like, well, how do I do this? He's like, oh, if you do a ground pound, but also hit chat at the same time, then it doesn't count as a jump. Oh wow. So, so then he thinks, okay, I've done it, right? And then he gets to the end of the game a second time. It has one jump on the counter. He's like, how the fuck did he do this? And there's three times in the game where Mario is unconscious and you have to hit jump to get out of it. It's for story purposes. The first two times don't count as a jump. The third time does. And he's like, how, how do I get past this? There's no way to get past this without a jump. And then he finds, and the way he figures out how to do it is amazing. I won't spoil it. Just watch VG Mitts. He finds a way to beat it without jumping. And that's just how flexible the gameplay is. That's incredible. And, uh, yeah, for, like, even though we focused a lot on gameplay and the world structure and all this, like, uh, Super Mario Odyssey actually had a pretty good story that introduced a bunch of new characters, like uh, these weirdos. So I've seen some yeah. haters on the Brutals mm. and Cappy. People I, don't like the new characters. I like the Brutals. Unfortunately, people were immediately horny for the female Brutal. Yes, <laughs> of course. Immediately <laughs> horny. But are I you like surprised? They're weird theming. They're like uh, they look like they belong on a like a riverboat casino. Yeah, fit, like a, seventy years ago. I don't know. Right, just like, like, dude, a weird one, idea. Like the bigger the bigger lady one looks like the actual child of Roger and Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm repeating a lot of things I'll say on a retronaut. But also but also seeing them arrive on the ship the first time i was like this is exactly how the acapella group in bioshock first appears as well (laughs) god only knows (laughs) but cappy is not some people call cappy a rare character i think that's too mean i'm not a cappy putting eyes on a thing and calling it a day is a very rare move yeah Mm. but there were different eyes (laughs) but all those but who fucking cares like all those costumes are the greatest yes i love all the costumes being able to wear mario's red overalls and blue shirt again was uh as as somebody who loved that look more (laughs) than blue overalls with red shirt nintendo had never given you the chance to see that again in a game and they did it with this one they made sprite versions for every costume when you go into the 2d mode you will be wearing that costume and waluigi you can dress like waluigi yuck what kind of actually in the game no no he's never gonna be in a real mario game he might be that's that was my outfit for for like the last 40 hours was Waluigi's hat, Luigi's outfit, and it's 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 like how I would draw Mario in coloring books. Like, what if he looked like this? And he does. I can make him look like that. That's I'm so a wild cool. rebel. I refuse to accept established on-brand color was... schemes. Once I got that skeleton, all bets were yeah. off. It's skeleton yeah. all the time with the uh, One Piece hat. Well, if you still uh... haven't beaten the game, I won't. I don't want to spoil the post game. It is stuff, the dumbest post game hat I've ever seen. It's stupid. <laughs> yes. It sucks. Mm. And, and who thought that Super Mario Odyssey would revitalize, like, one of the oldest and longest ignored characters in the Mario canon? Ladies and gentlemen, 
Mario's original girlfriend, what we can oh. sort of assume ex-girlfriend. What happened to Lady? <laughs> Lady? What's a character named Lady? From, From what? Um, I think it was Pauline's original name. Oh, I think she was just referred to as Lady. I think on the, on the original arcade. When, when Mario yeah. was Jumpman, Jumpman she was Lady. Lady. Yeah. yeah. I want to talk about New Donk City Festival. I think that was my favorite moment of anything this entire that year. should have been the end games. of the game. Like, mm. I like that it becomes a mid-game climax. It's like, yeah. hey, yeah. this is the middle of the game. This huge this triumphant fun? moment. And it is. like It is a celebration of Donkey Kong. The whole city is a celebration of Donkey Kong's legacy. But hearing Pauline sing the song that is all about being Mario in this video game, <laughs> <laughs> which is so great. Here we go, off the rails. Now it's time to raise our sails. Uh, if you listen, like the song is do. about it being an open world game. It yes. is the most <laughs> song about a game song. And we've done a ton of those. God damn it. It's Get ready for but this. You know, flipping the switch. Like, uh, But I do love that. And by the, I love that mid... I love it as a uh, that level. And it's one of the few levels you can actually go do again. Because mm-hmm. almost everything you do once, you cannot revisit. But you can have a uh, conversation and start it over. Mm. And, yeah. You can start. You can not only start it over. I'm telling you right now. Pro tip: It's a really quick way to earn coins. Mm, so really? use it. Yes, yes. Mm. It's one of the quickest ways. But that was. I was just in awe of it. I actually, when I finished that course, you can end it if by talking to Pauline. But the first time I did it, I listened to the song two times through because I wasn't sure if I'd ever get to see it again in game. Yeah. And so I was just like, I'm just going to sit here and just gape at this and watch her entire dance. And, and, and Mario will dance the whole time. And there's Yeah, and there's a really cool uh, article out there on the localization of that song and all the work. The uh, the It's on the Nintendo Treehouse blog. Look it up. Look it up, nerds. Because, because shout out to another song that clearly didn't get localized. It has the most anime ending I've ever seen in a Nintendo game ever, and I love that song even more. <laughs> oh, and also the, uh, the song was sung live at the video game awards which mm-hmm. it, it capped off their music section and the singer uh, who i believe it was the real singer of the english version but i don't know if they made her lip sync it or what but she was so clearly lip syncing mm. which kind of hurt it but she was wearing pauline's dress so i was like this is awesome and the right song to end this awesome. five song ch- section for so yeah, the game Absolutely. the game rules. Like I think the Switch has had the best first year a system may have ever had. One, if, uh, if somebody three. can, if, oh sorry, if somebody can prove me wrong, has a mainline Mario and a mainline Zelda game ever released in the same year in history? Not the same system. Not the same yeah. system. Mm. Uh, I do believe it was 3D World and Link Between Worlds were like within the same couple months. I think yeah. in 2013 uh, in Japan, Mario Sunshine Boom. and Wind Waker were the same year. That's right. Okay. Wind Waker was yeah. like December, but it, it just, July, it's still December, unprecedented, yeah. and it's yeah, even yeah. more unprecedented that it was the first year of the system that they didn't lie that it was re- everything was ready on time. Mm-hmm. It did help that those games were Wii U games. <laughs> Well, yeah, they just killed the Wii U and just moved it over. But hey, fuck yeah. the Wii U, man. They've sold they've sold more Wii U's. Uh, they've sold more Switches in ten months than they sold Wii U's in four years. Like, that's, wow, I can believe it. That it's, and, it's and, and, fast, and the Switch Jack. is 
the new Wii U. <laughs> it's like a new model of Wii U, essentially, with no mm-hmm. dual screen compatibility. Uh, the Switch is the greatest, except uh, mm-hmm. if only there were virtual console games on it. But, mm-hmm. Well, you know, the night is young, as they say. <laughs> oh, and also, big props to Mario's wiggly nose. It has boob physics. It's the last. And that the art direction of the whole game is so ridiculous. Like It's like five different... Now, every world you go to is a completely different designed uh, image artistically world it's, yeah. it's so wild i i do enjoy the big nose but there are some body horror issues i run into like when you run into a cactus and there are just giant needles sticking out of his bulbous <laughs> red when you nose. get a moon and you still have the needles and you know it's like oh uh, yeah or he'll get burned and stay burned for like a well long if you time. get a ground pound it, it shakes it off yeah uh, okay. Pro tip: See again. I'm we're all sharing things like also, that. those eels still freak me the hell out. Oh god, they're so much more terrifying. <laughs> yeah. this time around. But I love the kelp in those stages, though. That just like one throw of your hat just r- ties, cuts into ribbons. And <laughs> god damn, mm-hmm. I love every world. There's there was never a low point for that game for me. I just nope. loved it, and I played it. I know some people are like, ah, you can't do it without motion controls. You can. I played it 100 handheld. Never used motion controls. I did. Oh, I, I played it I played with a pro controller. pro controller. Yeah, never did oh, motion controller. controller. And, and the right? motion controls work fine. I will never mm-hmm. undock. I am not a coward. <laughs> the only thing I can figure out <laughs> is: gamer. is there a way to throw the hat sideways up like he does that way without mm, motion controls? No, that's the one. There's thing I can one. There's out. one moon where that's necessary, and I did have to unplug. And no, I could. You can still out. motion it if it's if it's in handheld. I was like shaking it around to get that to happen. But <laughs> when that's I was it. playing it with my boyfriend, uh, his version on the TV, I was like. Well, time to climb this thing. He's like, if you shake the controller, he moves faster. You go like, oh, that would have been that would have been useful. Uh, if you hold Y, he also goes faster. Yeah, like you can, all you can the do that with buttons. Have a button corollary, right? Oh, okay. I don't know if all of them do, but a lot of them they do. mostly like the thing I just said. I, I yeah. haven't been able to figure out, but yeah. you can definitely climb faster and stuff like it's that. Good for those huge beanstalks that pop up later in the game. Although I yeah. found out if you just yep. climb straight to the top of those and like balance on yeah. top, Mario he will fall off when they reach where they're supposed to. Oh wait, really? Mm-hmm. I love those giant beanstalks. There's a million callbacks to classic Mario, which again, Nintendo had been kind of light with that in in other mm-hmm. ones. They don't. They, I think it was another thing they felt like. Well, if we look backwards too much, the newer fans will be like, "I don't remember this game. I, I don't. I don't want to hear about this NES game that was made ten years before, I, twenty years before I was born." Did everyone like, here find the painting that spoils the? Uh, after I did. Game yeah. World. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I did not. I did. Eh. I did. Apparently, it's random for everybody. But yes, I did. I did find one, and it's like, oh, go to this character's house, and oh, well, shit. I guess yeah, I'll come here it, later. It gets really hard if you're looking at a fact trying to figure out the art paintings. They're apparently different for everybody. Oh wow, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's amazing. Huh. Again, or, or it's based on what order you do certain things. It's never, yeah, the, but it's be. never the same for anybody. It's not. It may not be entirely randomized. Oop. But again, that's an element I haven't seen in any other games where you can't guarantee. Everyone has the same experience. Who is everybody's favorite thing to possess? The little onion. Oh, oh that guy. That's really cool. <laughs> the little Tomatillo dude that with, with the stretchy legs. legs. Oh, I love that guy. I the love the sound I love of it. When you stretch all the way up and let go, and he does a little whoop, he does a little like flip. That's mm. great. It's so much fun. Uh, this is on brand for me, but I like the bird that sticks his nose into the walls. You can, you can flick it back <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah, like I feel like every oh, one, yeah. like, there are some control schemes with some things you possess. Like, the entire games can be built around those yep. those single mm. ideas. But well, like, like, oh, oh, yeah. if you think this game isn't getting like six Captain Toads, that's crazy. They haven't said anything, which surprises me. Like, Day one, like pre-release Zelda, I think we knew there was going to be DLC. For it's been pretty sure. good. The fucking motorcycle. I think for me, I really did love the Paragoomba, but they even had to like hold it back. Like, yeah. no, you can't. 
If you had a Paragoomba in every stage, you just fly to every mm-hmm. uh, moon. And you but, can't just keep going up. There's like a yeah. stop. I also love seeing the Hammer Brothers' wild hair that's always been under their hats, but we never uh-huh. saw before. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, I won't say my favorite thing to possess is at the end. That's just oh, wonderful. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But I love Bullet. If you Bullet Bills, Bullet Bills are great. Yeah, if I bull- shake the controller, he'll go way faster. And Bonsai Bill, you can reach other. You can oh cheat God. a bunch of moons out of it. I guess I'm a traditionalist because I love stacking Goombas and just like oh, oh so yeah, find, finding the great, yeah. finding the lady Goomba with the Carmen Sandy. You got to make her horny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you got to turn a lot of horned up characters. Yeah, finally I turned on a Goomba. If you were two Goombas <laughs> shorter than what she could see, she's like. Hey, I ain't getting turned on for She's this. Swiping left on that. Yeah. <laughs> That's not right. This is the horniest Mario game also. There's yep. a lot going on mm-hmm. in here. Yeah. I want to fuck a lot of these characters. <laughs> well, yeah. Mario, it's all about weddings. Like, yeah. So yeah. it starts straight That's from true. that. Yeah. He's got Mario sowing his wild oats before mm-hmm. his final... Uh, Mario 40... can wear a wedding dress, brah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. True. yeah and... and Bowser will compliment him on it. Yeah. <laughs> Though, by the way, the Nintendo uh, of America localizer says... Some people read the Jump Up Superstar song as an ex-girlfriend telling Mario as tragic. It's an ex-girlfriend saying, go <laughs> go save your new girlfriend. Because he's Aww. like, well, I don't want to ruin anybody's headcanons, but it, within Nintendo, we don't think of her as an ex-girlfriend. They're just pals. <laughs> They're just pals. It's like the Star Trek yeah. Look, Mario is sexless. It's all Ken doll under there. Yeah, he okay? was, he's also 25 <laughs> and was never a plumber. He's 25. <laughs> Mario is pretty smooth between the legs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He should yeah, have way more body hair. You take off that mustache, he's Leisure Suit, leisure suit Larry. <laughs> we did get to see Mario's nipples this uh, game as well. That's true. First time. That's true. Finally. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Luke Skywalker to milk him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. oh, I think that's probably as good as any a place to move on to. <laughs> Our game of the year for real, we mean it. It's... <laughs> Professor Layton? Oh, I know what this is. It's a Bistro Simulator 2018. Yes. <laughs> Would you like some fresh pepper? <laughs> I just thought I'd start off with one of my favorite sounds from I, this game. Was I that love, your husbando, Bob? Uh, no. Hmm. I, I don't know who my husbando is. Maybe, Cass is maybe, not your husbando? Uh, whatever the Falco uh, corollary is in this game. The, uh, whatever oh, that guy's name is. Oh, you mean is. this guy? Yeah. My ability to explore the firmament is certainly of note. But let's not, pardon me for being so blunt, let's not forget the fact that I am the most skilled archer of all the Rito. Neil Patrick Harris. Yet despite <laughs> these truths, it seems that I've been tapped to merely assist you. All because you happen to have that little darkness-sealing sword on your back. I mean, it's just asinine. Wow. <laughs> uh, Tell us what you really think, Rivali. Gigantic crush on Urbosa. Oh, or but this. So I've, I've got a nervosa. Man, she is my jam. If you've got a gigantress oh. fetish, those fairy fountains, man. The fairy fountains mm-hmm. also. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not complaining. Nervosa, who sounds like a Mad Max character. It will be up to Link to keep Ganon occupied until the moment we unleash our strike. That moment is going to be so delicious. Ooh, sweat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
It's important. You get great cheese on those abs. Yeah, this is, of <laughs> yeah. course, Ze- Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And it's I like that you played that clip because I've been playing a lot of this game recently, and I noticed that uh, this is the thirstiest Zelda game. Everybody, oh, yes. everybody is hot for Link. F- Man, woman, the animal. the thirstiest Mario game. Yes. It's like yeah. they're finally tapping into that millennial. I, I've seen quite a lot of drawings of Sudan with uh, yeah. Zelda so, Link, which is my husbando. I will say, though, I replayed Ocarina like a couple years ago. Every female character that's in that game hits on Link. Mm-hmm. Like that's uh, true. Like any anyone in there is like on some level like oh maybe I should get with you. Any speaking NPC yeah. uh, mm-hmm. main character like Ruto and uh, Impa. Impa mm-hmm. Like maybe not Impa, but I, I rescind my uh, <laughs> example here. <laughs> no, but I yeah. remember. Well, I mean idea. Ruto kind of like has this star-crossed lover thing with with Link that is repeated with uh, with Mifa. In mm-hmm. in Breath of the Wild, yeah. it's like what is oh, it? Yeah, with, yeah. Link has a thing for Zoras, man. He's tapping Zora's, that fish ass. Well, no, Zoras have a thing for Link, but Link's well, yeah. like okay, Link enough. don't reciprocate. So Jeez. those two clips you played, I actually kind of forgotten about this part of the game, but like this was my game of the year. I mm-hmm. absolutely adored it. Well, th- this and Mario Odyssey got like everyone hands down voted for these, mm. and I think this one. Partly because it caught us so hard at the beginning of the year, and partly yeah. because this is the game that sold the Switch. Period. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This this is unquestionably for me, and I think for for you, most of you guys as well, uh, game of the year. Yeah, I uh, number two for me. But yeah, I've it's... got a like large personal anecdote I can go into in a second, but mm-hmm. that of why so, it why it hit me so yeah, hard, and I think it, clips. these these things resonate with other people as well. But those clips really remind me of one thing I did not expect from this, which was. I normally, like, I've finished pretty much every Zelda. I think there's only a couple, maybe, like, a single digits that I haven't, but I, I, whatever. So, like, but I never really retain the plot all that much. It's like, yeah, I get stuff, and then I do stuff, and then I fight Ganon or some other stand-in villain, and then the ending happens, and then this is kind of this self-contained thing, and off you go. But this is filled with a lot of silence and a lot of no music, a lot of mm-hmm. just wandering yeah. in a way that I love, for the reasons I'll get into, but... When the characters do come up and you see a lot of the stuff in flashback, it's like, I don't know, it, it seems more, it seems like a better story and better characterization than any of the other Zeldas. Mm-hmm. And I know Ocarina gets a lot of, like, accolades because at the time it was, it blew us all away, no doubt. But the, the, the little interaction you have of these four champions and Zelda herself and all these people feeling like, this is a hopeless battle... And you get the sense that something went super wrong. Oh, yes. But they all think, and they all kind of know it. They all kind of know, like, Zelda's not getting her her groove back uh, <laughs> or whatever. But, like, she's not, like, she she feels the weight of, like, I'm supposed to be this chosen princess, and I'm supposed to be the one that fixes this. Why can't I fix it? What's go- yeah. What's wrong with me? And that's such a, you don't see that in Zelda. Mm-hmm. It's always like, and everybody fulfilled their obligated prophecy, and off they go. Mm-hmm. This is very much a... The prophecy didn't work. Yeah, like yeah. what did I did I mess up? Like it's, what's going on? It's a game about failure, and like seeing <laughs> the the characters knowing that they're mm-hmm. doomed is kind of troubling. Gee, this is uplifting. She's making it sound like we already lost. Wasn't this your idea? You're the one who wanted to designate the appointed night with all the ceremonial pomp, grandeur, and nonsense we could muster. And if you ask me, the whole thing does seem to be overkill. I think I'm on the same page as the princess regarding this boy. Oh, give it a rest. That boy is a living reminder of her own failures. Well, 
At least that's how the princess sees him. Mm. Yeah, the princess Ow. hates you. You suck. <laughs> Why you suck, Man, Link? When you walk around finding mm. all those memories, I love that. That's like, great. Yeah, yeah. It, all these little moments. It was mm. one of those things uh, It that maybe they didn't at, do it this way, but it absolutely reminded made me feel like they had borrowed something really cool from open world games like Assassin's Creed, but it especially reminded me of like an Assassin's Creed 2 where you would put on the Eagle Vision and you'd find a specific thing like, Oh, that's where a memory is. And then you'd see a thing, a story point you wouldn't have seen otherwise. And mm. it wouldn't give you something other than just like more insight into that world. And, but also just hearing more voices and music was a reward unto itself at some points in that mm. game, too. Yeah. And yeah, it's about failure. It's about the world rebuilding itself. And that Link, like, I guess we've seen, you know, there, there have been multiple ones. Link to the Past is about kind of Link fails and then has to undo it. Uh, Ocarina of Time is about, well, he would have saved everybody, but then he couldn't and split the timeline. But in this one, they're just like, no, this is Hyrule. Like, you're not going to change it. Yeah. Like, you can save it now, but things are screwed. Like, I mean, it's, it's the, over. Yeah. The dead king will tell you what's up. <laughs> the appointed knight, bravely collapsed while defending the princess. And thus, the kingdom Can of Hyrule is devastated yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. by Calamity Ganon. Now, everything's yeah. been fucked over. It's uh, Cities have been reduced to rubble. Uh, town, like, it's just basically mm-hmm. a crazed, monster-infested wilderness uh, populated with occasional towns. You can kill a ton of the monsters, but ultimately it makes no difference because uh. this shit always happens. I love the, like, messing with the audio. Yeah. It's it's all reversed, and then this happens. Link, the blood moon rises once again. What am I tired of seeing this? (laughs) (laughs) Hit the plus button, hurry! Just smash, 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 smash. So I have two things Uh, to say about this game. Uh, Number one. Uh, this is my number two game of the year. My number one game of the year is Dongarumpa V3, and Michael is censoring my free speech by not letting me play it, <laughs> or talk about it, rather. Number two, <laughs> this, uh, I have, like, so the, my relationship with this game reminds me of my relationship with going to the movie theater, in that I go to the movie theater, like, three times a year, and every time I go, I walk out with the stupidest uh, reaction, like, you know what? I really like movies. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I played about 40 hours of this, uh, and I was like, man, I'm just going to fall into this game. I'm going to play a lot of smaller games and eventually get back to it. So I, I stopped playing in May, and I, fin- I finished a lot of smaller games. Smaller meaning like 60-hour games. Yeah. Uh, I just got the flu a few weeks ago, and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll pick up Zelda again. And after playing it for another 40 hours while I was sick, I was like, you know what? Breath of the Wild is a really good game. Yeah. So, like, I, 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 I love this game, and I love what it did. I hated Skyward Sword so much. Mm. It did so many things wrong, and I've written plenty about it on the internet, and plenty of people have uh, threatened my life because of it. But this game... Again, I mentioned during the Mario Odyssey segment that Nintendo learned a lot from Minecraft, and I think this game even more so, in that they're just like, the the beginning tutorial stage is just like, we're not going to help you. We're going to mm. like point you in the right direction, mm-hmm. but we're not going to help you. We're not going dire- to like guide you there. And one of the uh, earliest cases of me realizing what this game would let me do was, 
Um, I was I, you have to do like four shrines in the beginning, I think, or yeah, five, something like that. Yeah. And one was like way on top of a mountain. I'm like, they wouldn't let me get up there. That's an invisible wall. I'll go there later. And so I start climbing the mountain. I'm like, oh, I can climb this mountain. Okay, I'll keep going. And I keep climbing. I'm like, oh my god, they're actually going to let me climb this mountain. Yeah, make it to the mm-hmm. top. And from then on, I'm like, I can do anything in this game. Yep. I can just do whatever I want, and there will be no invisible walls. Yeah, it was an amazing realization to have, and I, it was still one I kept having because I kept thinking, I kept thinking like. Well, okay, sure, there was an invisible wall there, but if I know Zelda, there's one here, yeah. and then there wasn't one there. One of the biggest shocks to me was, and it was funny to hear them in interviews kind of realize, like, the Havoc physics engine is cool. It's like, yeah, welcome to 15 years ago, yeah. Nintendo. But still, <laughs> the I was playing one of the many shrines, and we'll talk about the shrines later, but... It was a frustrating shot, a shrine of a motion-based puzzle yeah. of moving a ball mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. the other thing. And eventually I got so fed up with it that I was like, could I just use this thing to smack the ball over to the pay- other side? And then I just did it. Yep. And I was like, oh, yeah. I smacked it over there. I solved it. This game doesn't care how I solved it. I got it over there. And that was one of the greatest, when everybody was playing it and using the share functionality on the Switch to be like, Here's how I solved this puzzle in a way that I wasn't supposed to. Pretty awesome, right? Yeah. I love that. What I love most about this game is it just there are so many systems upon systems yes. operating within each other organically where it's like so many things have an effect on other things that you don't realize. Like I have a piece of meat. If I put it on the ground in the frozen area, it will change into a different item. Mm-hmm. The same thing will Holy happen shit, in a hot that area. Happens? Yeah, I like didn't know that. so many things happen yeah. situationally. You it's can not... cook meat next to volcanoes. Yeah. And what? Just, mm-hmm. It's done. Yeah. Yep. Oh, you didn't know that? <laughs> no, I didn't. And like uh, I said, I maybe on Mario Odyssey part, but it's like sixty hours in. I was like, oh, I can I can surf with my shield. I could have always done this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They just pointed it out to me. Yeah. So yeah. like, man, I, I remember in like the first hours, it's like I can't just climb anything, right? Like I can't climb this wall behind me. I can climb this wall behind me. I can climb mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. I'm unstoppable. And, and, the only, and the only real gating is like, well, this thing's really tall, so you can't climb this until you've got more stuff unlocked. Yeah. But you will eventually climb this thing. Mm-hmm. All the way to the top. And then you will jump off the top of the biggest mountain and yep. fight a dragon the whole way down. Uh-huh. And you're like, this is the coolest game I've ever yeah. played. Yeah. I, I also love the, the just the pure feeling of exploration. And yeah. every yes. so, and just the layout of it. Uh, well, the thing I loved when it really set in for me was climbing the first real tower. Not the tower in the practice area, but the first real tower. And it's like, everything you see, mark it on your map. And it will be, like, you see it, you can go there. And it just felt yeah. so magical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for years... That 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 was a like a marketing trick of like oh if you can see it you can go over there it's like yeah but it's like it's like a dummy sector right it's like yeah you can see Death Mountain from the field in Ocarina but you're not going to that Death Mountain that's a fake you got to load another thing like that's right. a that's a that's a loading break but it's also like that's a fake thing it's like a JPEG in the background yeah it's like a, it's a JPEG in the background and even like 3D games like Doom would be like oh when you look at the window you're not actually looking out in some instances at the actual room. You're looking at a separately built room mm. because of the limitations of certain things you can do in this engine. But, like, for years, they would just have this, like, you can go and run anywhere and do anything. But it's a lot of fake out. And this was, no, I'm going to stand on top of the biggest thing I can find and I can see to the horizon. And mm. I'll see a dragon kind of just flying down the, the the northern territory and be like, what is that? And yeah. I'm going to go over there. And even and you get fast travel almost immediately, and it's mm. like, oh, you horse? I forget the horse. Don't even get on the horse. Horse is useless. <laughs> Kill that horse. And it's me. I named my horse Joe Dirt and, and never used it. <laughs> I kind of felt like they, they played Skyrim at some point and, like, got fixated like mm-hmm. the rest of us with, like, 
rolling wheels of cheese and also stunned bears down mountainsides. And we're like, what if the whole game was this? Mm, yeah. And, and <laughs> that you could do this stuff in a Zelda game constantly. And the pacing for me, too, was not just chasing the horizon, but also every time I thought I was like, nah, I could take a break. Then I'd see another shrine just a little bit away. I yeah. was like, well, I could always fast travel to that new shrine, so I better just go over there and do it. Mm-hmm. Like, it, every time I saw a new shrine. And it's I, it's I, weird that that openness kind of uh, bled over into my real life. <laughs> in that, like, I went to Yosemite a couple weeks ago, <laughs> and, like, where I was staying, there was, like, this mountain. Like, it looked like, you know, I just cross a field and I'll get to that mountain. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to that mountain because I can. And so I was walking, and uh, it, like the farther I walked, the further it seemed to get away. And it took a couple miles, but I did eventually reach the foothills of that mountain. Be With like, no paraglider. Yep, yep. And it's like, oh, there's no path up there. No, I'm not in a video game. I'm not actually going to climb it. <laughs> I think I'm the only one in this room who is playing the Wii U version. I didn't get a Switch at launch. Yeah, so I, the I Wii know. Version. And it's weird to think that I'm playing this transcendent experience on a five-year-old <laughs> piece of hardware that is just a marginal bit inferior to the Switch version. Mm-hmm. And I'm still playing it. It's just like, wow, I can't believe this is a Wii U game. Yeah. Well, fundamentally, mm-hmm. is a Wii U game. Fundamentally, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, not... it's your final Nintendo disc. Yes. Probably ever. I don't think wow. they'll ever make another disc of something. So my, not for the Wii U. My big takeaway for this, <coughs> mm-hmm. that I alluded to it probably in a bonus time earlier in the year, and I'm sure somewhere else, but, so, the whole exploration thing, and there's a Dark Souls reference in here, so get ready. Oh boy. I'm, I'm, just prepare, I'm just preparing you now for an apt Dark Souls reference. <laughs> Alright. Uh, so... Why this stuck with me so much and just moved me to the degree it did where I'm like, when I was done, I'm like, there will not be a game of the year. This is it. Like, I don't care what happens the rest of the year. (laughs) Nothing's going to change this. I don't care what game it is. And that turned out to be true. But Mm -hmm. it's... This game is finally, for me personally, delivering on Zelda 1 and 2. Because Mm. after Link to the Past, which was, you know... Four Zelda tattoos. I'm I'm in. Like I, yeah, I don't yeah, have to yeah. like. You're not like, a hater on Link to the Past. Yeah, yeah. Like, no I, I'm I'm in. Like I, I it is it was influential in my my career path, my life, like everything. Like I have friends based around the fact that we both like Zelda at the at the right time, and now we're friends for life. Like this has been a focal point of my life for sure. But after Link to the Past, every Zelda game with certain outliers like you know, Majora's Mask a lot of the handheld games don't follow this format so much but it was like Link to the Past is oh get three things and some world break thing happens where there's a light and dark or good and bad or past and present and then you go to the, the alternate thing and then do stuff there and then get six more things and then go fight Ganon and then the game is over and that happens a lot and like Twilight Princess, Ocarina, Skyward Sword kind of plays with it but then also kind of doesn't and you end up still collecting a lot of stuff anyway so Every game was in some way, not every, most, were trying to do some Link to the Past formula again. Be- All just following that same spot. And, and it got kind of caught in this formula that I loved, but didn't realize how much I really wanted it to move on from that until I played Dark Souls. And mm, when I was playing yeah. the first Dark Souls, I was like, this is Zelda 1. Yeah. It's not Zelda 1 is Dark Souls. Dark Souls is just Zelda 1. Here's a weird, vague, we're not going to help you at all 
environment where everything is a threat, everything hurts you, you have almost no life, and you have to earn every single success you get. Nothing is handy, except a literally wooden sword. Like, here's baby, <laughs> baby mode. Yeah. You get that. Yeah. But, like, and you can also be like, no, I'm not using the sword. I'm going to do no items or, I, you know, no weapons. I had the same reaction, actually. Uh, Skyward Sword and Dark Souls 1 came out within, like, a month of each yeah. other. And when I, I hated Skyward Sword and loved Dark Souls, I was just like, oh, I guess Dark Souls is my Zelda now. And I was yeah. telling people who love Zelda, this is, this is the new Zelda. Play yeah. this. And yeah, exactly. And when I was running through, I'm like, this is this is the experience I had with Zelda One, which was just like talking to friends. And I had to have like Grim come over and walk me through, like, what did you do here? What did you do here? And look on forums and look on this. And it was the experience I haven't had in years. And Dark Souls became Zelda for me, and that's why I just fell head over heels for Dark Souls and then Bloodborne. But Breath of the Wild was years that finally getting out of that repeating formula. Yes, there are four big dungeons with the the champions or whatever the guardians. The guardians, like, yeah, and yeah, yeah. and when they happen, they're meaningful and impactful because there's not like seven of them. Mm. There's four really cool ones that are and like even those four ones aren't very long no, compared no, no. to yeah. like Twilight Princess for sure. And, and they're like they they move and they change and you control them and it, it's such a unique experience. Even among Zelda games, it's not just here's a dungeon. It's like no, this thing rotates and shifts and like the the world, the time is passing around you all the, all along. And this is actually serving a plot point. This thing will interact with the ending of the game in some capacity. Like, this thing matters mm-hmm. in the overall context of the game. It's not some ancient labyrinth that's been sitting here that no one's mm-hmm. talked about for a thousand years. And the fact that you can just go straight to the end without yeah. doing any of them. And, yeah. I mean, you'll have to fight the bosses that yeah, are in yeah. there. But, yeah. uh, but so then Breath of the Wild then, one, breaks out of that mold and gets back to that Zelda 1 experience of go play and figure it out. But then... What what seals the deal is this game finally made real my seven-year-old brain what I thought I was doing in Zelda 1 when I was playing the NES game. I'm running through this forest. I'm climbing these mountains. I'm in this weird dungeon. I'm talking to these isolated patches of people. I'm solving all these mysteries. I'm helping these guys connect the dots. But I'm really just, like, moving left, right, up, and down, and it's very primitive. Mm -hmm. Breath of the Wild, when I finally climb that first mountain, jump and hang glide off to the other side and and touch down, climb up, and then, like, look at the sunset, I'm like, I am finally doing in Zelda those things that my little brain convinced Mm -hmm. me I was doing. (laughs) And I'm not filling in any gaps right now. If I see it, I can go to it. You don't have to use your imagination. It's so much better. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, it just was, like, this this, this final payoff since, like, freaking first grade for me of what I have wanted Zelda mm-hmm. to be and I'm sure even what Miyamoto like I have to imagine this was hugely like who knows but like I have to imagine it's like an emotional thing for all of them mm. to be like this is what we built in our minds that the technology always restricted us and we finally did it this is the Zelda game that Zelda was always supposed to be not that those other games are wrong or mistakes are bad mm-hmm. not at all like I link to the past is equally important to me for a completely different set of reasons yeah. but but it's a linear game it's not a true open there's world a little bit experience. of there's a little bit of guidance where it's like do this do this mm. do this and it definitely like hold, like let's go and let's you play plenty it, it, it's at least not like link go do this you're you're late for this meeting like mm-hmm. it doesn't it's not doing that but mm. the combination of like it's doing the what dark souls did that zelda wasn't at the time which is just being zelda one and two 
just really unforgiving and like you figure it out the world fell apart fix it yeah mm-hmm. like and that's Again, what this like, game is like Dark Souls like all the Souls games are about like the world is fucked yeah well yeah. I go try to be a hero I guess I think I wasn't ready for how punishing it could be like I yeah. especially it wasn't just like the robots I, the robots with their lasers I was like oh this is pretty bad but <laughs> when you have the challenge of uh well you got to steal those arrows from Lionel. I was like, oh okay, sure, but it's a Zelda boss. Like, I get, I bet I'll just kill him. And then after like he mercs me like five times in a row, I was like, I better just sneak around and steal these arrows. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm in a, trouble. It's possible to get stuck in a bad place with like no healing items. I'm like, I'm completely fucked. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, which is just how Zelda One was. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. this is what the game always was. And I love it. And to that <laughs> note, I'm going to say, like, other than Mario's wedding dress, uh, I think <laughs> this game has the best use of amiibos, oh, period. Yeah. Because, like, the uh, the amiibos, like, I ended up getting almost all of the Zelda amiibos, except for the ones that got, like, prohibitively expensive. Um, you know, we're talking, like, $70, $80 for a fucking amiibo. What are amiibo? they in this room? What amiibo was Probably. I, th- I think the... Uh, the Guardian? Well, the 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 Zelda, like one of the the Link ones, I, and I think they came mm. out with like the Ocarina of Time. Well, yeah, they had and they had the pixelated one uh, for mm-hmm. Zelda original Ocarina of Time, Toon Link, and uh, and then Toon Zelda and Sheik, I think too. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, and and they would all do different things. It was like every time you activate one, it was like an item drop that had like a an hour long cooldown. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, every once in a while, like, get to a camp and like hit this amiibo, hit this amiibo, hit this amiibo, mm-hmm. and like just keep dropping item boxes but then sometimes they'd be like random loot boxes where sometimes you could get like a classic Zelda outfit or probably the coolest thing was the amiibo that came with Twilight Princess HD Mm. which was um, the Midna yeah Yeah. Midna riding Wolf Link if you use that with uh, Breath of the Wild Wolf Link will spawn in your game as a companion and not only that that, it's great but uh, depending on how much you've played uh Twilight Princess HD, like, if you've been saving your Link and you've got a bunch of hearts, those hearts will transfer over to the Wolf Link oh, wow. in your uh, Breath of the Wild game. So that's awesome. That's great. Mm. My final word on this is that um, I feel that for the first time in 20 years, Nintendo is now, uh, the, once again, the innovator in game design. Mm-hmm. The last time it happened, I think, was Mario 64 and Ocarina of Time, where it was their first dabbling in a genre, but they did it absolutely right the first time, and then they influenced everyone, and I feel like Breath of the Wild is going to have the same ripple effect. Even though it borrows from Dark Souls and Assassin's Creed and many other games, I feel like this in this interpretation of, of open world will be influencing everybody from year, for years to come. And I feel like Nintendo was way too conservative after moving to 3D. They were way too uh, afraid of alienating new consumers and new gamers. But now they're just like, no, you guys all play Minecraft. We can make a game that challenges you and makes you figure things out. Yeah. Uh, I If I have a final word, it's one that I think that the... The opening, the training area, is one of the best openings Zelda's ever have, and it sets the tone so well of just, like, you're used to having everybody talk to you for 30 minutes straight and have a bunch of highlighted words. No, just walk around. If you want to talk to the ghost of the king, then he'll explain shit for you, but you don't have to. They won't make you mm-hmm. more than, like, twice. You can hit ever. him with a stick if you want, and then run around yeah. and burn shit down. <laughs> and also, I really love that... This open, the openness also was combined with, I think, them re-embracing or not turning away from the weirdness of Zelda, which gets kind of overlooked a bit, because Ocarina of Time was so, it had weird moments too, but 
it and Link to the Past is kind of like, eh, it's Lord of the Rings. It's pretty straightforward, um, you know, fantasy stuff. But Link's Awakening, yeah. uh, so inspired by Twin Peaks. Majora's then, Mask. Majora's Mask, so fucking weird. Twilight Princess had some weird stuff. This one is gets really weird. It, the designs of most characters are not conventionally attractive unless they're the super hunks but then they're super hunks who are not human you yeah. know yeah. like henry's Birds gonna rape and the fish. super hunks <laughs> yeah yeah and that it's just such a weird game full of weird stories and characters you meet and just the first time you go in a shrine you you get used to it because you do it 120 times but you're talking to like a corpse that then's like hey you did good and then it just disintegrates right in front of you. Yeah, it's like one of those creepy Buddhist mummies. And that opening just broke my mind of like, wow, this is even more experimental than Link Between Worlds was. Like, Link Between Worlds is, look, you're not going to have to go through a dungeon to get a boomerang. Just rent a boomerang for me. This one, it's like, you know what? You want bombs? Here's all the bombs you fucking want. And here's the magnetism power. They give you all... (laughs) All your powers right then in the starting yep, area. Yep. Here's a bunch of... Like, we've created this super reactive, uh, physics-driven open world. Here's, like, all the tools you need to rea- to, yeah. to mess with it in uh, supernatural ways. We didn't mm-hmm. talk about shrines. I know I said I had my last mm. word, but I lied. Uh-huh. I feel like we'll never have a Portal 3, but this this is the next best thing. Mm. All these puzzle rooms yep. are so portally... Mm. Without the portals, of course, but yeah. I love it. I love the shrines so clearly, much. Clearly influenced by Valve a lot in that way, too. And the... Uh, and the item destruction, I I like that, too. I like. It took me a minute, because you're definitely, like, you're not used to it, especially in mm-hmm. Zelda. You're like, mm-hmm. I ha- I'm going to get three swords max in this whole game, so each yeah. one is impactful when I get it. Mm-hmm. And, this and now is you're like, like, I'm going to have trash three swords on this whole fight. Yeah. <laughs> but I also fight. love the magical the magical sound of a headshot with a bow and arrow. Just like, ding! Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah, that, that's one of the best things about game design in the last few years, and I notice it with Assassin's Creed Origins and a bunch of other games. <laughs> it's like, they have turned scoring hits into, like, Almost like a casino <laughs> bing noise, yeah. like oh yeah. my god, it's so satisfying and it feels so rewarding. Yeah, just like again, just the exploring. Like yeah, you can climb anything and you have the stamina meter. Because I went from this and then played Horizon after, which mm-hmm. is kind of the reverse of what I think a lot of people did. Yeah, yeah. I did the same thing. And playing Horizon after this, I was just like, why can't this super fit? Prophecy-driven, incredible <laughs> warrior climbed this waste-level rock. Like yeah, it's why, driving why me nuts. Why do I have to look for yellow <laughs> things to climb? Yeah, but yeah. loved Horizon, got a platinum. Like, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. thanks for not inviting me to be on that one. I Aww. did invite you, you just yeah. couldn't make it. Uh, uh, but no, I did love Horizon. But it was like weird to have them. Like they released the same week, so mm. the the freedom of Zelda was like, I just <laughs> I just want to go walk around. So when that DLC came out, that was like. Here's the family circus style dotted line of every step you took for the last 200 hours. Yes. Uh, I watched the entire thing mm. and then I overlaid it with where I have gotten Korok seeds. And it's like, <laughs> I'm now going to go where I never went. And then you see these huge chunks of the map. Like, I've never been there. Mm. And I go and find all this weird stuff that's there. And, like, again, never knew any of this stuff was here. And yeah. now I can see exactly where I have and haven't been. And I now I just spend another 20 hours just like making sure I've zigzagged the entire map. And I love the magical moments that just happen without plan that you know they could never have planned. Mm. One of my one of my uh, this will be my last anecdote on it, but I did love it so much was that so there are so many little Korok puzzles that you just see an incomplete something and you're like, yeah. "Oh, there's probably a Korok here." And my favorites were like, "All these pots have an apple in it except that one." <laughs> 
do you did you bring an apple and i was like well i have a few apples i drop one in there but nothing happens and i real and i then i was like wait what happened and i see i had rode a horse there and the horse was eating the apple <laughs> son of a bitch <laughs> horse dropping there and i'm like I, I have five more apples. Drop one. Oh, he's eating the other. Drop. Okay. And I took three drops. I'm like, all right, the Korok seed. And I was like, God damn you, yeah. horse. But <laughs> you reviewed this game for Mimura, didn't you? A bad place. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it was great. Yeah. It was it absolute 10 out of 10. It was, oh, God, I love that game. Mm-hmm. It does make me wonder where they go from here because I don't necessarily yeah. think you can do this again for the same reaction, which mm. is what happened with Link to the Past. It's like, wow, this was stunning. Here it is in 3D with Ocarina. Great. Ah, uh, Majora's Mask, super weird, uh, super experimental, great. And then from there, it was like, uh, Wind Waker, we're still going to do the same formula, but just like tune shading. A lot of water. A lot yeah. of water. I really want the sequel to this to be the Majora's Mask to Ocarina of Time. Uh, even uh, weirder. Yeah, just playing with uh, yeah, the sure. things that you're used to. Mm, yeah. Yep. Some sort of inverted world. All the all the mountains are now valleys. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, just man, just uh, running around the coastline, watching the sunset. Oh, and the whole island that's just like a Link's Awakening. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so much, so much good stuff. In there. Yeah, oh, so good. But yeah, this is a, f- a fantastic game. If you have a Switch or a Wii U, it is a must buy in our opinion because it is the best game of 2017, as we voted. So that's been our top ten games of the year. But uh, it's not the end of the show quite yet. We have uh, our community segment, which is always is segmenting our community, and we will get to that right after we go out on the song of the year, Jump Up Superstar. Here we go, off the rails, don't you know, it's time to raise our sails, it's freedom like you never knew. Any bags, or a pass, say the word, I'll be there in a flash, you could say my hat is off to you. Zoom all the way to the moon Of this great wide wacky world Jump with me, grab coins with me Oh yeah It's time to jump up in the air Jump up, don't be scared Jump up and your cares will soar away And if you dark clouds are just worlds Don't feel them shedding tear Cause I'll be your one Alright, we're back and with what our question of the week, which as you might remember, was what is your personal game of the year for 2017? This is the part when you can tell us all that we're wrong, except that you're all seething because you answered this before you heard our show and you didn't know how wrong we would be. <laughs> but uh, those of you who weren't here when we asked this question, Brett, what was your personal game of the year uh probably still bloodborne Mm. (laughs) but if i have to go with the game released this year no it was breath it was breath of the wild yeah this this is after we've already talked about everyone's after the last i I just want to make it official yeah yeah for for sure it's breath of the wild in in case you were faking just for the benefit for Mm. all the reasons that i went into yeah it was just it was my game of the year and i and i knew that like the first weekend in i'm like oh this is it like no 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 game Mm. no game's gonna touch this and then you're very close second but not not really that close. I loved a lot of games this year, including like P5 and Breath of the Wild quite a lot. But it was Super Mario Odyssey for me. I 
love Mario games, but I actually I always had preferred the more direct ones, like of Galaxy and 3D World, uh, directed like those, as opposed to the open. Like I hadn't super enjoyed going back to 64, so I didn't think I'd love this. But I was like, <laughs> but I was like, wow, I love this game. This playground is better than than anything I had had fun with in 3D Land or 3D World. My game of the year is the most unique game of the year, and that is Danganronpa V3, which none of you cowards have played. But I can I tell is it, you... Is it really unique if it's following on the heels of Danganronpa 1 and 2? Uh, yes. I mean, how many Marios and Zeldas have there been, huh? Well, I have to I'm say not this. calling those the most unique games of the year. It's true, but I have to say, it is, it is my game of the year, sincerely. And this is not a spoiler. Uh, it begins with one of the uh, greatest twists I've seen that most games would save for the end. And it ends with a twist that no series would do. It is an epic mic drop. If you love Hideo Kojima, this is this is following on his heels as one of the greatest like um, moments in a game that I played. Like Anokuma is a baby inside of him. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, inside of Norman yeah, Rebus. Yeah, so yes, yeah. play Danganronpa V3. Ideally, play all the Danganronpa games. Danganronpa, Danganronpa V3, my game of the year. Period. Wow, oh, nice. And yeah, for me, it's Zelda. Probably followed by the close second by Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, but anyway, this isn't about us. This is about you. And DC12 was the first to answer our question under the comments at VidjaGameApocalypse.com, which means they get read first. And they say, after looking through a short list off the top of my head, I have bought plenty of 2017 games this year. First being Persona 5, next Yakuza 0, South Park, The Fractured But Whole, Super Robot Wars 5, River City, Tokyo Rumble, and of course, Super Mario Odyssey. I guess the game that resonated more with me is Persona 5, as it still manages to capture the same feelings of being a frustrated citizen in a society that has become either apathetic or more tribalist if you pay attention to the media. Even though it's a highly Japanese game through and through, based on what is going on in society at the time, the themes of a nationalist political party that continues to enact policies that make the lives of its constituents more miserable, while at the same time expressing more militaristic attitudes, indeed applies to many events going on in the world if you've seen what's happening after Brexit, Poland, and especially our country, which is the U.S. Uh, Persona 5's conceit is that it is basically leverage the video game as you go on heists into the darkest depths of a powerful person's mind, but it is also about the younger generation's struggle to hold the older generation accountable for its own actions, especially when the people in power continue to scapegoat and take advantage of the less fortunate for their own selfish desires. Even though we know who controls the halls of Congress and who sits in the Oval Office, it does give me, a lowly American citizen, (laughs) some hope that we can all unite to build a better world in spite of what is happening. Persona 3 and 4 made me question my attitudes as a snot-nosed teen. Persona 5 made me question my own responsibility as an adult, even if my station in life is not what I want it to be. I'll definitely give it my game of the year, even though I had lots of fun with the other games I bought. Oh, God. I only had time for four 100-hour games this year, and this was not (laughs) one of them. I'm playing it next year. I regret beating Dragon Quest VII out of spite. Fuck that game. (laughs) (laughs) What's it wrote in on? It's wow. It was so great for 80 hours, Bob. Yes, it's uh, the the last 50 are a real pain in the ass. So, (laughs) about P5, that is absolutely true, and I'll tell you, man, playing playing the last uh, couple dungeons... In Trump's America, not fun for in, <laughs> but it came out before he was elected, and it's about Japan's politicians, not America. Like it wasn't intentionally yeah, about fighting a Trump out in Japan politician. before he was elected. Yeah, Trump's so and Abe are best buds, right? Yeah, no, I mean Abe. I'd heard that from a, I've heard that from several 
people I know in Japan who's like, Abe is the Trump of Japan. Like, they're hmm. very similar. Don't don't laugh at when Abe is in a cute Mario outfit, because he is not a cool guy. But anyway, it's a cool... It's, it is a cool game about transgressing against society and taking down the haves versus the have-nots, even if transgressing against society also eventually just means, but we should all follow the rules, ultimately. Um, but <laughs> yeah. but also what I you did... You cannot have tattoos in a public bath. Certainly oh, no, 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 not, no. no. And gay people are weird. They just are. Sorry. <laughs> sexually like Standing around in their short shorts and their yeah. tiny cowboy hats. Mm-hmm. Wanting names to touch. like Beefy Trendsetter. And they're out to touch every 16-year-old boy they can. Yeah, like what the fuck? Yeah, I know. Atlas, come on, guys. Come on. But anyway, yeah, Persona. I I already said all this about Persona yeah, Five uh, yeah, earlier. Yeah, what did another listener say? <laughs> Laser Time Rules says, hands down, Bloodborne. Wow, thank you. <laughs> uh, hands down, Mario Odyssey. Uh, the fact it's portable is icing on the cake. Uh, great levels, loads to do, and even an interesting enough story. Yeah, you compare it to the first portable Mario game, uh, it blows it out of the water. Tanzra? <laughs> Tanzra. <laughs> or what was the, the, the villain of the alien? Tatanga. Yeah, yeah. Tatanga. Yeah. None of the names were localized. Like the, the guy world? in the little <laughs> spaceship thingy? Yeah, yeah. That you never, that's the one thing. They did all that history in Odyssey, but not the land games, because they weren't made by EAD, and I think, nope. I think Miyamoto still holds a grudge. They were made wow. by Gunpei Yokoi. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, Awkward Loser says, South Park the Fractured Butthole edges out Injustice 2, both games I've sunk hella hours into. However, FBW tells a fantastic fan servicey and funny story and has excellent combat as much as judgmental loudmouths like to shame people who have the audacity to enjoy something not 100% in their black or white viewpoint. The humor in that game is both childishly gleeful and also very clever and rewarding. As a complex gendered as a complex gender person, going through the three steps of picking your gender felt both inclusive and honest about gender identity. Mitch Connor has long been my favorite <laughs> character uh, of mine since his debut nearly 15 years ago. It's the ultimate Cartman Mitch joke. Connor. Oh, my Mitch God. Was that Connor. really 15 years Mitch ago? Con- was that yeah. the, uh, the J-Lo episode? Yeah. 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 was that a one? long time ago. Yes. Uh, so Trick the TM says, my game of the year is near Otamata. Excellent music, the usual great gameplay by Platinum, and a story that kept me wanting more. Ending E is probably the most memorable game experience of the year. I agree. Mm, yeah, I agree. Uh, Counterweight72 says, My game of the year has to be Horizon Zero Dawn. I was stunned at how beautiful the world looked. Horizon is one of the best-looking games I have ever seen. I took a week off work so I could dedicate the time Horizon deserved. I spent almost 60 hours in that week exploring Horizon. I was sad when I finished the game. Not because of how it ended, but because I no longer had anything left to do in Horizon. I was ecstatic when the DLC was announced at E3 this year. I pre-ordered the DLC the second it became available on PSN. I have learned my lesson, and I am taking my time with the DLC. Yeah. Thank God Guerrilla Games got out of yeah. Killzone jail. They yeah. were trapped in it <laughs> for a decade. Yeah. No one cared about Killzone. Also, I hadn't thought <laughs> about it, but similar to Zelda, it also takes place in a ruined world that's yeah. post-devastation. And with yeah. like weird like robot creatures yeah. prowling around. Yeah. Ravenbomb says... 
Besides the boring answers of Breath of the Wild and Odyssey and Persona 5, yeah, which are yeah. my top three, uh, <laughs> which I still haven't finished. No one finishes Persona 5, I understand. I did. I'd like to mention how great the FF12 remaster is. FF12 kind of tried to give a solo console MMO experience in the mid to late 2000s. When MMOs October were the, 2006. Come on, let's be precise. <laughs> uh, were the big, when MMOs Halloween. were the biggest thing in the world. It's very open and allows sequence breaking and power leveling early on, which helped me get to just the story. Look up a look up how power level look up how to power level 30 with just Vaughn. It's easy to do. The best part is the story. There's one small Middle East like country that's caught between two much larger nations who are at war. You're not used. You're not out to use crystals to save the world. It's all political intrigue, and there's a lot of parallels to Star Wars. One of the masked black-armored judges is related to someone in your party. There's a princess of a fallen kingdom, a war orphan boy, and a sky pirate with Fran, the sexy Chewbacca. She really is. I just saw that a friend of the show, Jeremy Parrish, rated that as the second best Final Fantasy of all time in Polygon's ranked list of the numbered Final Fantasies. Number one was six. It's nice to have opinions, but... (laughs) Number three was five, so I agree with those. Uh, The sexy Chewbacca is my favorite 90s dance. I'll just say that. Inspiring some epic cosplay (laughs) that I will keep in another tab. Uh, Batman Boy 11, Resident Evil 7. It is the perfect expression of what the series originally wanted to be, now made possible by new technology, and it is awesome. Not only does it look and play great, it's such a good mashup of horror elements from different series, including Evil Dead, Texas Chainsaw, Saw, Texas Chainsaw, Massacre, Saw, and Resident (laughs) Evil itself, uh, that you really feel like you're living one of those stories. Uh, Exploring the creepy Baker Estate grounds, dealing with each family member one by one in bizarre and unique fights while you learn more about what happened to Mia is the most captivated I've been in a game all year. I played it nearly obsessively, finding every secret, collecting all there is to collect, beating it on professional. In a sense, RE7 was the encapsulation of everything I ever wanted from a horror game. Shout out to Injustice 2 as my runner-up for being so fucking steeped in DC lore and having a fighting system that was easy enough to get me into, but deep enough that I actually felt like I learned and grew as a player. Uh, yeah, RE7 was great. I yeah, finished that, it that is one of my well. biggest disappointments. Is this is the game that I really wanted to be on this list, but it just didn't get the votes. But uh, it was this was one of my favorite experiences of the year, even though it came out in January. Yeah, right? and it immediately made a huge splash. And and yeah, there's like that whole thing of like thinking this is like Outlast. This is one of those first person horror games where you're just scared all the time and defenseless. And it's like for about an hour. Yeah. And then it's yeah. then it's Resident Evil. It's just in first person. So. On this topic, I want to tell people out there: play The Evil Within Two. It is so much better than the first game, and no one played mm. it. And it's so mm. good. I think you can play yeah. a, a huge demo of it on Steam mm. for free. You can get it for like a nickel now. Not really, yeah. but it'll be it'll be it'll be a PlayStation Plus game next year. I bet it's so good. Oh, so the walking dude says I have to go with Tales of Berseria as one of the best games of the past year that no one ever mentions. It's the strongest story in a Tales game in years, and the characters are top notch. Velvet, aside from her ridiculous outfit, is a relatable protagonist, and Lafisette is just adorable. Magaloo, I'm reading these <laughs> names for the first time, is a lot of fun too. It dovetails really well as a distant prequel to Tales of Zesteria, 
the prior game in the series, making you play from technically the villain's perspective. It also has a very bittersweet ending that feels like it's the only way that game could end. Are we I, sure those are real names? These are all real. I, He's just okay. testing us. So. I, I've always wanted to be the type of person who played a Tales game into completion, <laughs> but it's just, I don't know, there's never the time, I'm like, look, I can make room for Final Fantasy, I can make room for De- Dragon Quest, and maybe one other RPG. But Tales just can't. It, there's no I space for it. Finished Symphonia and started Vesperia, and then I played the. I finished the sequel mm. that was on Wii, mm. the Symphonia to whatever. Dawn of the New World. Yeah, <laughs> and it was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did like Symphonia a lot, and Vesperia was actually pretty good. Symphonia is my favorite. Yeah. I, I the best thing I heard about Tales games recently is that they're kind of a couple were. Is explained to me like parodies or responses to the most recent Final Fantasy. They're like, "Oh, Final Fantasy did this. We're we're uh, undercutting that, or we're kind of doing the opposite." Huh. Like, yeah, I think Final Fantasy copied them in a way by making a game that's uh, geared towards women. Like, yeah. look at all these hunky dudes mm. you play. You can mm. see all the hunky dudes. FF15. That's another thing I wish I had made more time for the the solo DLC. Oh. I want to I want to know all of Iggy's life. <laughs> they and... just updated it. Now you can switch to any character in battle. What? They won't stop updating oh that God. game. Wow. Yeah, it's great. Wow. I never did finish it, but maybe now's the time. We've got a bunch of video responses. Uh, mm. First comes from TranquilBez22. Hey, BGA, it's a non-drunk and non-weird character, TranquilBez22 here. <laughs> I'm so sorry about the last one. Um, game of the year. Um, so it has to be, for me, Injustice 2. Wow. Technically, would say the Crash Bandicoot trilogy, but that's <laughs> get out of here. That's who it is? Um, reasons. Reasons. Um, just it looks so much better <laughs> than the first one. I was playing it prior, the first one prior to the new one coming out, just to get the story out of the way, and it just looks on PS4 because it's a well, obviously last gen game. Looks so ugly, like not ugly, just transition between seven gen and eight gen consoles, just. Not good at all. Not good. Not good. But this one looks so much prettier. Um, more characters. New characters. More better depth. More depth in everything. Just DLC has been... I haven't played it yet, but DLC has been... A the fucking, fucking turtles amazing. are coming to it. The Ninja and Turtles. personally, my favorite, I can play as... Uh, this... Supergirl. Tur- no, not Slash. Uh. This person right here, I can play a Supergirl. Um, big fan of Supergirl since the show. Mm-hmm. But uh, thanks, the show. thanks for a great year, BGA, and ladies time, everyone. Mike, Chris, Dave, I Mike, assume Matt it. or say Bob, oh. Hank. Hey. Oh, come Probably on. Probably Brad. Yes! yes! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> hey. uh, dead to me. Hey, Brad. And I, Mike Grimm, if you're listening, I miss you, miss you buddy. Uh, miss you. We do so, too. See you in 2018, guys. He's Have banished. a good one. God, mm. I feel like only people in Europe and Australia have fond memories of Crash Bandicoot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm glad Odyssey came out in the same year as the Crash Bandicoot HD collection. Yeah. Just to show you. It got to be like the bottom rung of like, well, there's that, there's Sonic Mania, and then uh, there's Crash. You mean Sonic Forces, right? That doesn't exist. There's, <laughs> there's no game called that. Sonic Mania was a good time, man. Hey, if you want to hear about the animation of Sonic Mania, listen to the Ian Jones QWERTY interview on Patreon at God slash Talking Simpson. Bring five dollars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Red Rock 963 says... Hey, VGA. It's Red Rock 963 here. I am here with my pal, Oh my, Ozzy. Oh my goodness. Hey, what a kitty. And Ozzy is going to help me 
say what my game of the year is. Oh, goodness. Oh, what a sweetie. You want to say who my game of the year is? What have you got in your basket? You've got a Morgana plushie. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's Persona 5. Probably one of my favorite games of probably all time. I mean, I really enjoyed playing it. I think that it did everything right, and it combined all the good things about Personas 3 and 4. And it has a kitty in it, which Mm. that's how you sell me on Game of the Year. Have a kitty Mm. in it. Anyway, see you later, guys. Bye. Bye. You give your cat very expensive plushies. (laughs) Uh, What a cute black cat, man. Lovely. lovely. Though Mona is a tuxedo cat. That's true. Um, Michael Danqua has this to share. Hey, VGA crew. Michael Maximilian X here coming to you from Amsterdam again, your local Dutch guy. My personal game of the year has to be the one that I've put the most time into, which is Zelda Breath of the Wild. I got this game day one with my Switch, and I took a week off seven or eight days off from work to play the game. Mm. I assumed that, oh, by the end of the week or halfway through the week, I would have finished the game at least once. After my week was over, didn't finish it. So I spent, like, the majority of, like, a month trying to finish Zelda because I kept getting sidetracked with side quests and just exploring the world and how amazing it is. And it just... This version of Zelda is probably the most... Uh, which uh, speaks to the most of the original creed of The Legend of Zelda, the reason why Miyamoto designed Legend of Zelda, the original on the NES, uh, which is just exploring and just being an adventurer and being out there in the world. And this one encompasses it probably the best of them all. And it's the game that I've had most fun with throughout the whole year. The DLC has been fun. It's been really nice i've just started playing with the motorcycle again so oh know, yeah all good things yeah. I mean, so that's my game of the years uh have a merry christmas and a happy new year thanks thank you thank we you. didn't mention it on the zelda segment but the initial prototype for breath of the wild was a 2d game that looked a lot like the original mm-hmm. legend of zelda yep. yeah just to test out the physics of like what if you could burn every tree would that even work like can we make a game like that and the answer is of course we can and i love that uh somebody shared a video of him with his new motorcycle <laughs> in front of a uh, in front of a bunch of the horses in the stable, just like I'm showing the horses how bullshit like they are. Spinning donuts, doing yeah. donuts in front of the horses. Yeah. Although I guess the motorcycle requires fuel, which I didn't realize. Oh. Apparently, you can just throw a bunch of crappy monster parts in. Yeah, and it works but the, fine. but then I guess like the the old Sheikah parts are what work the best. Ah. but mm-hmm. uh, John H has a response as well. Hey, what's going on, VGA? It's uh, John Harrington at jgangsta187 on Twitter, answering the question of the week for, I guess, the final show of 2017, so maybe that makes it question of the year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry if I look sweaty and flushed. That's I'm the in the quoting. frozen wilds of the Chris Antista homeworld, huh. Tallahassee, Florida, where it is 80 degrees and raining, so it's humid as fuck. Um, but anyway, uh, question of the week, game of the year 2017, it was always going to be Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. It's a magical game, just a uh, you know, ton of fun, changed everything you know, about the Zelda series, but still felt like you know, steeped in 
Zelda's roots, and I think I followed everybody's, uh, you know, general pattern with that. I played the hell out of it for a couple of months, gushed over it, fell in love with it, and then let it sit in my Switch while I played other games all year. So, uh, shout-outs to Horizon Zero Dawn, also excellent, but taught me the value of Link as a silent mm-hmm. protagonist. Uh, Persona 5, Nier, Splatoon 2, that was fun for a few weeks. Uh, Mario Odyssey, <laughs> one of the most joy-filled games I've ever played, and damn near game of the year, but... Once I got that Champions Ballad DLC and jumped back into Breath of the Wild, it was like taking a breath of fresh air for, you know, it's like going outside and taking a breath of fresh air for the first time the in several months. Breath of Wild so, fresh air. Breath oh. of the Wild, game of the year, no questions. Uh, and I just want to say a quick thank you to uh, you guys and oh. to uh, Diana Goodman for my oh. Laser Time hey, Secret cool. Santa. Uh, laser oh, Community wow. Secret Santa. Oh, he's the guy. See, I have an autographed shirt with all your names on it. So I am Laser Time Super Nerd of the Year. John Harrington signing off. Thanks, VGA, for everything you do. And uh, look forward to listening to a lot more in 2018. Peace. Uh, John, do not wash that shirt. Yeah. It will only go down in value. <laughs> Especially uh, if I die. It's probably water-soluble yeah. or will smear. I have no idea what that will do. Uh, what, what do permanent markers do to clothes? Like, Do they smear mm. if you wash them? Uh-oh. Um, Mr. D has this to say. Hey, VGA. Uh, it's Derek Strelaya for Gun Can D on uh, other parts of the Internet. Uh, here with the question of the week for this week. I'm here in Ottawa, capital of Canada, on Parliament Hill, where we have, of course, a hockey rink with people lining up to go skating and they're zamboning the rink right now and all kinds of wintry festivities going on. So it's pretty hell of cold right now. Uh, but anyway, for the question of the week, for Game My Game of the Year, I'll actually go with Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, I actually played it after Zelda, so Whoa. I was a bit surprised that I enjoyed it a bit more. Zelda uh, ends? Gameplay is a bit <laughs> more fun to do repetitively. Uh, lots of different ways to take down the uh, the monsters and things like that, or the robots. And a really good plot. I like uh, post-apocalyptic uh, fiction, and this one had a nice story that you really wanted to kind of unravel as you went through the different dungeons yeah. and things like that. Uh, it was the only game this year that I got a platinum on. I did all the side quests, did all the collectathons and all that, which I rarely do. Uh, so yeah, and I'm really ha- and hoping that they do a sequel sometime. So yeah, I'll end it at that because it is really cold and I want to get inside and have some hot chocolate or something like that. So yeah, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you, DJ. Happy, happy Holidays to you as well, yeah. Gun Cannon D. And you know they're going to do a sequel. This world is too interesting to not do a sequel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, no, I think in today's world, Sony will just make a game once. They'll be like, nah, we, who needs sequels? <laughs> like, we made up a whole new world and made an engine for it. We're not going to yeah. do it again. That'd be repetitive. Uh. <laughs> oh, what, 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 what would be next? Microtransactions? Come on. Certainly not. Never happened. <laughs> um, Mike Amari has his, uh, a video answer as well. Hey, VGA crew. It's Mike Amari here again, uh, answering the question of the week. Uh, we're revamping the uh, studio in the garage, so for right now I'm just standing in front of my Christmas tree. Uh, pretty nice one over there as it is. Nice. Uh, the question nice. of the week, of course, was what's your personal game of 2017? Uh, for me, honestly, it has to be Friday the 13th. Huh. Uh, the game mm. was probably the best adaptation I've ever seen of a horror movie into games. Not only that, it became kind of an obsession each and every night from the time it was released for not only me, but for my wife and my two children. I have a seven-year-old, well, now he's eight, eight-year-old and a three-year-old. Oh. Um, mm. End of the year, I know. They would pretty much watch me play every single night. Uh, we got to know a pretty great crew who I'm now sticking with online. Um, cool. Just an excellent game all around. 
Uh, it even got my uh, kids way, way into horror movies now. <laughs> to the point where they're really getting into collecting the Freddy and Jason Funko Pops. Huh. And uh, just Your kind favorite, of, Bob. it's a nice way to pass on that to another generation. It's the only way to make Jason uh, scary. Thanks guys. Hope to catch up with you again after the new year. Yeah, Friday the 13th huh. is great, and I think new DLC just came out for free. They keep updating that game, because yeah. I guess it was technically never finished when it came mm-hmm. out. Yeah, that's Pretty true. Rocket. Uh, Leland Mangrum, we've got a few more video responses to get through. Now, I've always been a Final Fantasy fan, and I love the hell out of Final Fantasy XV. So after I kind of wrapped that up toward the beginning of this year, I needed something to follow it up with. So naturally, I decided to try Final Fantasy XII again, and fell in love with it pretty damn hard. Uh, once you get all your gambits set up and make your characters crazy badass, just that feeling of driving your characters into bad guys and then just automatically murdering them, it's so freaking satisfying. So, that's my answer. Um, you guys have a great day. And thank you so much for making my commute to work suck that much less. Aww. Take it easy. Those are my favorite compliments yeah. because yeah. that's what I use podcasts for as well. Yeah, at my last job with Henry, I listened to plenty of podcasts and I mm-hmm. hid a lot. So, yeah, uh, they Boy, got me through a lot of rough days. Of yeah, I would take that place a lot less seriously if I could go back in time. But the, uh, you know, the remake thing reminds me and all the P5 talk. One bit of news I would like to mention that was pretty cool. Catherine Remake coming to PS4 and Vita. And they're adding a third lady. So, yeah. That's quite a remake. And, a pink-haired uh, anime girl. I just really hope they, as I saw a trans uh, person on Twitter say, maybe don't dead name a character in this and maybe be a little more yeah. respectful to a trans character. Yeah, I played Catherine. The so. game ends on an unfortunate joke about that character. Where, yeah. Where, uh, yeah. Maybe not, they... Not great. Japan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, on a lighter note, Cody Laveau uh, mm, has a video as well. He's going to be wrestling snakes now? Oh, hi, BJ. Didn't hi. see you come in. It's Cajun <laughs> Crippler, Cody Laveau, in my totally real living room. Quite a voice. Check that out. Nothing out of place there. <laughs> um, for this week's question of the week, um, I don't own a PS4 or a Switch or an Xbox One S uh, 7920 XP. Oh, thing. well, that's the best one. Uh, what I do own is a very decent laptop that can play um, some really badass Steam indie games. Mm. And uh, the best one for me this year, uh, in the backlog that I played for previous years, was uh, Fire Pro Wrestling. Hell yeah! I can customize, get my own matches. Runs on my piece or on my uh, laptop without any, really any trouble. Uh, it's a very inexpensive game, and you can make your own customizable character. So on the workshop, there might be a certain Cajun Crippler. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, who knows? I might just be on there doing my cat fisherman's suplex, right? Um, so until then, I hope you guys all have a uh, very pleasant uh, rest of your year. Enjoy your time off. And um, we'll see you next time. Hopefully uh, uh, Star Wars didn't disappoint you. I haven't seen it yet. But I would hate to think that this guy would die in vain, right? <laughs> right. That was a wampa. Yeah. Later, Chris, Michael, Dave, and that uh, special festive fourth guest. Later. Can't wait to hear he what know the best of the year guests. was. Yeah. Later. Um, in front of like a Christmas backdrop, I thought the reveal be uh, he was like in an IKEA the whole time. I just saw this amazing <laughs> video where this old guy with a giant uh, white beard uh, takes a giant bong rip, chugs a beer, smokes even more weed, blows it all out of his system, and at the end it pulls out. He's in an IKEA. Oh, oh my god! god. I've seen that same one. Hey, I it's amazing. Seen that video. Well, 
on his game of the year that uh, that mention of Fire Pro Wrestling that was one of my it had to be one of my favorite reveals of this year. It's only overshadowed, I think, for me by Bayonetta three might have been the more exciting one. They had made a, a Fire Pro Wrestling game a real one, it's true, in, since two thousand seven, and Spike Chunsoft seemed to be kind of done with that shit. But me. And for end of the show, previously <laughs> mentioned Jeremy Parrish, we're at the Spike Chunsoft, the first party they'd ever had because they're finally publishing their own stuff in America. We were at it in the GDC, and Jeremy's super excited because they tease a new a game from the Nonari game guy, and they tease this other cool visual novel that had never been one, here. Yeah. But meanwhile, I am shaking with excitement the whole <laughs> time. I'm like, they tease Fire Pro. They're going to fucking do it. And when they announced it, I was like, yes! And it was like me and one other guy there who were so excited for it. And <laughs> yes, it is just an HDification of the PS2 game. But that game was great, and they're tinkering with it a ton. Lots of you listeners probably won't even touch it until it's on the PS4 next year. Cross my fingers. And the last thing in the news. Uh, so a very famous pro wrestler in Japan, Yoshihiro Takayama. Oh, right. Who, if you've ever seen a real-life fight uh, from MMA of two guys just went grabbing the other guy's head and punching it as hard as they can until one person stops, the blonde guy in there is Takayama. Takayama, unfortunately, had a very bad injury. He is, he is uh, a, a quadriplegic now, actually. Oh, and they are doing their first ever DLC of a real wrestler in Fire Pro Wrestling for Takayama for charity for him. That's great. So Yeah, yeah I did see that. That's awesome. All right, our final video response Gotta comes end from with him. Gallatin Carhart, who says it's possibly his last response oh, no. to this week's Question of the Week. Oh, go to VJ. Jason, uh, done with the video game. Uh, done. I hope you're having a good evening. This is Gelding Carhart, and uh, what might be uh, my last uh, Say goodbye, time forever. ever doing an answer to this week's uh, question of the uh, week. Oh, oh, our response to what's the game of the year? Uh, uh, I'd love to this is say great. the. Oh, Farming Simulator, <laughs> Nintendo Switch, oh, but really it's got to be uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild for the uh, Switch. I hate uh, video games, uh, it's done, I got it's done. It. Okay, this is probably my last answer ever, I don't know. It's got to go, bye, uh, Merry great hype of the holidays, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Plot twist, uh, there was a wiener dog creeping into the scene yeah. at the end. I think it was behind the entire operation. <laughs> that cat out of the way. Thank you, Jason and Mrs. Cole. You're a good sport. That was that awesome. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> Boy, I would say, based on uh, the democracy, that the, the game of the year, even with our fans, is uh, Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. I think. So that's, I don't think it can be any more officially VGA's game of the year. Nope. Oh, I love that hashtag. VGA will remember that. Yeah, that's, that's actually great. our... Our contest hashtag, and this is a great time to remind oh. people, uh, if you want the Telltale Collection, a semi-complete collection of Telltale games worth somewhere above $250 on Steam, uh, you can tweet at us with the hashtag VGA will remember that. Remember, VGA will remember that, not VGA member that, because this is what I click on to find all the entries. But it doesn't matter what it is, just tweet at VGApocalypse. Hashtag VGA will remember that before uh, midnight on, or let's say 12, 12 a.m., 12.01 a.m. 
on New Year's Day, January 1st, Pacific Time. Um, okay. Yeah, and and you will be entered into a drawing to get this thing. It's a new question of the week. When we come back in January, we are probably going to do a most anticipated games of the year show. So what is your most anticipated game of 2018? I know what mine is. It's Red Dead Redemption. Or no, yeah. Red Dead Red Dead Redemption 2? Is yes. that what it's called? Yeah, that is it. So it's not they're, they're not going with the It's uh, not Red Dead Revolution or yeah. something. It's it's Red Dead Redemption. I, I guess Red Dead Revolver really isn't quite part of that series anymore. Nah. Red Dead Rizzle Dizzle. Yes. <laughs> Razzle Dazzle. Gammy, the old Rizzle Dizzle. Maybe they'll be in the 20s by then. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Get Tommy Guns. I mean, sure. The last one was in, ended in like 1914 or something. Yeah, it's but, a prequel. Uh, oh, is it now? Uh, well, you know, there hasn't been an announced Nintendo game yet that I'm excited for, which is all I really care about. But uh, And... Uh, I'm going to say a quick tie between the PS4 exclusive Spider-Man game because, oh, yeah. quite honestly, I bet it'll be an 8 out of 10 at best, but I don't care. I've been looking forward to a real-ass Spider-Man game for about five years now, so I'll take what I can get. And it, if it's Uncharted, if it's like a B-plus Uncharted starring Spider-Man, I will love that. Mm-hmm. And the other half is Dragon Quest Eleven, baby, oh. which should be coming out. It came out this year. Everybody who's played the Japanese version, I've heard rave reviews from the Dragon Quest fans I respect, and I <laughs> love me some Dragon Quest, so I will be playing the shit out of that. Maybe I'll play it three times, once on the 3DS, once no. on the PS4, and once no. on the Switch. You only uh, play it once. Well, I'll play. You only in, get one. I'll play 2D on the 3DS and 3D in the Switch. That's all. Mm. <laughs> I like it. Mm. Man, that's... Oh, can I go? Yes. <laughs> uh, I want to say, not because Brett is here, but Monster Hunter World. Damn it! If you're listening to this on, uh, this comes out this Friday, right? Yes. Okay, so the beta, there's a second There's a second open beta. If you have a PS uh, PlayStation Pro account, you can play it on PS4. Everybody. You, everybody can do it now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Xbox One and PS4, though, right? It's uh, PS4, actually, I don't work on Monster Hunter. Okay. <laughs> well, <I'm laughs> But I know it's not PS Plus. It doesn't require PS Plus to play the demo. Oh, okay, that's the, awesome. the prior the prior beta was PS Plus players. Got it. Okay. Whereas this is uh, everybody. That's great to hear. Yeah. So please play oh, like it. Twenty second through the twenty sixth or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's coming up soon. It'll be happening this Friday when you hear this episode. But yeah, um, I'm a big Monster Hunter fan. I've been a fan of it since uh, three Ultimate, and this is basically everything I wanted the game to do and be for years. And it is just as deep, but it's friendlier than ever before. And I, and play with me online in 2019. I swear to God, sorry, 2018. I will put 300 hours into this game. I swear, it's gonna be so great. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, my answer was also Monster Hunter <laughs> World. <laughs> uh, but it, it's one of those so things, was. like th- not because I work there, but more because like this is a series I've never had to work on specifically. But I kind of like weave in and out, like especially three and four Ultimate. I helped out here and there, but it really is like this is the game. I've wanted to play for so long, and as you can hear on our top 20 games of all time, when I argued for why 4 Ultimate should have been on that list, and you losers uh-huh. didn't vote for uh, it. Generations you know? is better. But we, thank God, got DuckTales on there. <laughs> thank God. Uh, so, uh, go back and listen to that and hear me just pop off for like a legit 15 minutes. Come on, there That's are like five the best levels part of the show. By you hacks. Uh, anyway, uh, but no, Monster Hunter, it, it's, it's going to be great. And I have high hopes, and I can't wait to play with everybody online. It's just, it's just so many hours put into 3 and 4 uh, a local 3DS play and then now to have it on a console gorgeous visuals like I, I can't wait and just watching people play it at like shows like New York Comic Con like the lines have been incredible and watching people's face light up the first time they see like some of these monsters and their behaviors and the way they, they move and act it's just like 
I've been st- I've been telling you all. There's no comparison. Yeah, put down your destinies and play this. You can still play Destiny. No, I, I disagree. But <laughs> this is like, it's it's real, man. It's real fighting monsters. You feel like you're battling a monster, not a bunch of hitboxes. And mm. it's just stuff. It's something I've always wanted. And now here we are. And I mean, I felt that way about three U for you as well. But now here it is, like. On your TV, mm. like you need, but it's 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 so good, and I yeah. and that's what I'm looking forward to the most. And then behind that is whatever from software just teased around mm. PSX. Probably is not going to come out in 18, but at least I'll be following that news more closely than anything else. But I want to hear Matthew J's. Yeah, what? Matthew. Game I'm looking forward to. Oh uh, my, uh, I'm gonna. <laughs> it's probably gonna say Monster Hunter, but uh, there's a lot of good stuff coming. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna say Catherine. Uh, I'm, yeah. I, uh, I'm a huge fan, as you guys know, of, uh, of Persona and those mm-hmm. Atlas series and, and Shin Megami Tensei especially. So you've probably even beat more SMT games than I have, I'd say. Uh, man, I haven't beaten that many of them, but I've played mm. pretty much all the ones Phony. that come out in English. Oh <laughs> I'm a fake nerd girl. <laughs> but uh, I never finished Catherine, even though I loved what I played of it, so I'm, I'm excited to get to play it uh, mm. on my Vita especially. Ooh, we might get SMT5 on the Switch in America next year. Oh, fuck. Yeah. If that's, no, that's it. Yeah, if, yeah. if that comes if, out this year. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, SMT is always, it's always the tippy top of anything I'm excited about. All right. Well, what game are you most looking forward to in 2018? Let us know. Go to vidgamapocalypse.com and answer in the comments for episode 245, our games of 2017 or whatever we end up calling it. Uh, alternately, you can go to the uh, Facebook Laser Time community and start a thread and answer it there. Or you can uh, just hit us up on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. Uh, with your video responses, if that's a thing you want to do, but please keep them between, let's say, 60 and 90 seconds. Minutes. <laughs> no, seconds. Minutes. Seconds. Seconds, <laughs> for the love of God! <laughs> Minutes. Um, See, you said it. Yeah, anyway, that's our show. Does anyone have any plugs? Well, Bob and me, I guess, I'll, I'll go first. For First off, Bob and me do, with Chris Antista... Talking Simpsons, where we go through every episode of The Simpsons from the beginning, and we are now nearing the end of season six. That means who shot Mr. Burns? Oh, so the good. best episode of the show. I ever, think so. I think. Uh, but, no, Bart's comment is anyway. Uh, but we also uh, we did with Michael and Diana Goodman a talking critic show where we went through every episode of The Critic, which we finished. We did every yes. episode. The of final the episode, even is the out webisodes. Today, yes. today you'll hear us complain more than ever about the critic, the worst parts of it. But We're it's still fun. What a We're... dismal episode. That was. Uh, instead there's nothing of, left for anyone to say about the critic. Uh, <laughs> instead of putting it to bed, we smothered it with a pillow. Uh, and tons of uh, other exclusive things there, including I want to point you guys to two new interviews we did this month in December. We interviewed Mike Scully, the oh, yeah. showrunner of seasons nine through twelve, and former Internet Lightning Rod. <laughs> he was he was really fun. Bob and I personally apologized to him for being not nice to him on the, in the internet, uh-huh. and. I interviewed Mimi Pond, the writer of the first ever episode of The Simpsons, 28 years ago, Simpsons Roasting on Open Fire, and she has oh, wow. a very informative story about why she is not on commentaries or oh. invited to any Simpsons remembering stuff, and uh, it is important, I'd say, for all Simpsons fans to listen yes, to, but you gotta Christmas pay that special. five bucks, baby! Christmas special is coming soon, too. Yes! This weekend. If you have wanted us to do a Talking Futurama 
we're doing an episode of that, the Xmas story episode with the killer Santa Claus played by John Goodman. We do a talking Futurama. Is it a taste of things to come? That's up to you, the voters at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. Don't point at me. That was John Goodman. I had no idea. Yep. Only For once. It was only John once. DiMaggio every other time. too busy. <laughs> Oh, hey, everybody. It's Bob Mackey. I gave up traditional employment in 2017 for Patreon. Me too. And Henry told us told you about one of my projects. My other one is Retronauts, the classic gaming podcast every Monday, and occasionally a bonus episode on Friday at Retronauts.com. If you're listening to this now on Friday, this same day, there will be a Retronauts Christmas special, my favorite episode of the year to put together. It has fun comedy sketches, and we always watch a bad video game Christmas special cartoon. And this year, we're watching Donkey Kong Country, the Congo Bongo Festival of Lights, and dear God, it could be the worst thing we ever did. I I read a thread on Twitter about that, and somebody saying that, like, yeah, it's this bizarre French production, so all of this stuff had to be dubbed into English, including yes. original songs in every episode that had to match up with the creepy lit movements. And, and I guess the, the graphics are so weird because they were rotoscoped, like it's actual people walking around doing motion capture. Yes, with like PS2 oh. cutscene polygon yeah. counts. Yeah. So, yeah, and so it's like, this is not just weird, it is possibly harmful to watch. It was, it's Cuckoo it Bananas. Was. We watched an entire episode for you that'll be going live on the same day for patrons and for freebies. Because it's our Christmas gift to you. So please listen to Retronauts at Retronauts.com. Or look for Retronauts on your podcast device. I'm on that Christmas special as is Matthew J. And yeah. Chris Antista. Uh, it's uh, like Talking uh, Simpsons, but with a really bad thing. Yes. <laughs> Not a good thing, but it's still fun. So listen, please. Your brother Scurvy. You'll know the Scurvy song by the end. Oh, Jesus. God. Uh, I'd just like to plug, we haven't done a VG Empire in six months. So, yeah, uh, good on that. We just did. Ah. So, uh, at, at, oh, up, yeah. up by now is the 2017 year in review on VGEmpire.com, which is a video game music podcast. Used to do them every two weeks, and then other things happen. But I uh, <laughs> haven't done a new one in half the year. Uh, we finally did one where uh, each December since 2011, there's been a year in review, except 2012, for other reasons. But 13, 14, 15, 16 all had year in reviews, and this is... 2017 is no different. So look for a brand new two and a half hour episode of VG Empire that uh, talks about uh, songs of this year, including, uh, I mean, Splatoon 2 is in there, Breath of the Wild, East 8, uh, Cuphead, and a lot of other fun stuff. Um, But we finally did a new episode, damn it. So VG Empire is back for some amount of time. Uh, It remains to be seen how... (laughs) The momentum can sustain itself. What but an end of the year podcast bonanza! It's a lot. Yeah. So if you want to tune out and not talk to anyone around you in, mm-hmm. in these coming weeks, which is sometimes the only option left, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> go to vgempire.com and uh, uh, listen to the episode I just talked about. <laughs> Jesus. Well, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at vgapocalypse and me personally at Wikiparas. That's our last show of the year, everybody. Thanks for listening. Happy holidays. We'll see you in 2018. It's a game that's not afraid to kill you, so I can see a lot of Dark Souls uh, correlations. That's what I love about it. Just like, oh no, you died in one hit. Come back when you're stronger. Drink a potion. Fuck mm-hmm. off. Go throw five bananas in a fire. And- <laughs> 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 Nothing makes you stronger than a five bananas. Five bananas, baby. <laughs> I'll fucking punch a hole through this wall. <laughs> <laughs>